We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Starting up, post-game live, MLK matinee edition. CP from the Knicks Fan TV, my man Jake Lennick from the Lenix Podcast. Knicks go down 127 and 109 on this MLK day. Jake, how you feeling, bro? I'm feeling pretty good today. CP, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. First and foremost, uh, happy MLK day. You know what I mean? Happy MLK and day to everybody too. out there celebrating. Uh, we could certainly use a guy like MLK in, in this day and age, especially in this climate. But um, listen, man, 127-109, uh, you know, obviously Thunder's in a whole nother world, whole nother class than, than us. You know, you got Paul George, oh, yeah, you got Westbrook bad. going off. I mean, 15 for 27 from downtown, Thunder shot third, 50% from the field. But, um, you know, I mean, I mean, there were some things that you, that you would like from the Knicks, man. To tell me a little bit about what you like from the squad today. Uh, just my original takeaways from the game as far as Knicks' perspective comes. I mean, as Knicks fans, it's always fun to see a team like the Thunder come in, like a real legit team, see yeah. what they're actually like and what we can actually hope for the Knicks to sure. do one day. But in a tanking effort, this is exactly what you want to see from the Knicks. I mean, like, yeah, we got washed a little bit today. But towards the end, we weren't forcing any of the veteran players. Saw a lot of the young guys. We saw some chemistry develop. And there was a lot of good takeaways to take from the game. I'll get to them. But I think um, the the main takeaway from today's game is a lot of encouragement. You, you could look at the young talent that we have and be like, yeah, they're raw. Don't get me wrong. They're definitely raw. But they can ball. They can hoop. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I agree with that, man. You definitely saw inexperience playing out. But like you said, against a team like OKC, who's well-balanced from top to bottom, um, a team who has uh, championship aspirations, but obviously we know that the West is stacked. But, you know, Paul George, Westbrook are are a formidable duo. Part of uh, the story notes that came out of today's game, Fisdale was asked uh, about the point guard situation, about Frank's confidence, and he committed to Moutier, for the rest of the season starting at point, man. What did you think of that 
And uh, obviously, we've seen some some good play from from Frank today. So, what do you think about the comments by Fizz and then Frank's play today? Well, the comments by Fizz come as no surprise. I mean, everybody knows uh, Moutier is Fizzdale's boy. Uh, they they go together like two peas in a pod, man. Fizzdale, he said he was going to get him right, my, man. He said he was going to get him right. You know. My, my my two boys, too, you know, they're, they're, they're my guys. You know, I, I ride or die with Fisdale and Moody. Everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke. But, um, Definitely a joke. But, yeah, it's not, it's not surprising, um, you know, eat, eat what you kill. Moody has been, like, the one guy in the Knicks who's been, like, the go-to guy. So, um, yeah, I, I, I see no problem with it. But, like, again, as long as Frank gets his looks, like today, you know, Frank came off the bench, saw 30 minutes, you know, yeah. I have no problem yeah, I mean, in, in when I first, you know, saw those news, I just feel like overall the, the organization is not that high on Frank. I, th- I think the writing has been on the wall since Moutier got here. They brought in Moutier immediately, hoisted him into the starting rotation ahead of Frank, ahead of Trey Burke, even ahead of Jared Jack, who had been there. Um, you know, so to hear this, I on one hand, I'm happy that Fizzell is finally... It seems like he's committing to a rotation because he also said that he's going to keep Canner out of that rotation. In, in, in hope, it's only about it's it's only about fifty games in. It's about time. Is it, yeah, it's about time, right? Tra- training camp is finally over. Training yeah, camp right? is finally it's, over. Now, now that we know we have about fifty games into the season, it's yeah, good that we finally commit. Yeah, cool. I mean, I take the news as this, bro. I I think they want to see if. Moutier will fit into their backup plans in free agency should they not get any of the top dogs and should they not be in a draft position to draft John Morant, whether it's too high or, or they pick too low. So I think they're, they're giving Moutier a one final serious look for this second half. And I don't know where that leaves us with Frank. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure where that leaves us with Frank. But I mean, what, what did you take from those news in, in terms of the Frank Moutier dynamic? To be honest, like, I didn't take too much away from it. Like, I think that it is what it is. Like, uh, Fisdale loves Moutier. That's no secret. And I do have my theory that, like, Frank is turning into, uh, to keep it Fisdale-oriented, I think uh, Frank's turning into a bit of a fall guy, like Phil Jackson's fall guy. Like, oh, Frank was the major mistake that Phil Jackson made, so we have to throw him under the bus just to make sure that the regime change is complete. So... That's kind of what I take away from the whole Moutier experiment. I think that they're trying to make Nick fans kind of debate over and compare over what Moutier and Frank are. And Moutier's, you know, he's three, four years older, so his game's a lot further along. But I think that if you really watch the game today, I think it was, like, very clear what Frank is capable of. And it kind of scares me a little bit with the fact that the Knicks don't seem that committed to Frank, because I still think he has a lot to give to the game. And I know there's a large segment of Knicks fans that don't have a lot of faith in Frank, but yeah. I'm not one of them. I see a lot of good things. I mean, listen, you, you saw it, you saw it in, in the game today. It was kind of like a tale of two point guards out there. Um, and, and I don't take too much stock in a plus minus as a t- statistic by itself. But, I mean, to see Frank as a plus three while most of the team was a minus 15 or worse – um, you saw his his impact out there in the court today. He had to go up against Westbrook. He had to go against PG-13. You know you're not going to shut those guys down. But I thought he was formidable. I thought he was formidable against Westbrook. He did his best against PG. Offensively, you know, he got the offense involved much better than Moutier did. 
Uh, you know, Moutier can score, don't get me wrong. Moutier got in the paint. He he pushes the pace. He does what Fisdale wants him to do in, in terms of, of that. But I think Frank overall um, played better than Moutier. I'm not saying he's the answer going forward, but I, I think he, he played better than Moutier out there today. And you just got to give credit where it's due. I don't think there's a doubt he played better than Moutier today. And it's what I liked about the game today that, you know, Fisdale and, you know, I'll give Fisdale credit for this, that in the second half, when it, when it was a wash, the game was wire to wire, 20 point game, pretty much the whole way. You know, he sat the guys that we know what they are, you know, the Moutiers, the Ennis Canners, like the whoever's. And he kind of inserted the, the Tim Hardaway juniors kind of sat on the bench to, to make room for guys like Frank and Trier, Mitch Robinson, but as far as Frank goes, like, today I thought you saw a very good, a heavy dose of, like, what he can accomplish when he's playing with a good head on his shoulders. Like, he has a good savvy to him. Like, he can jump in front of people, draw charges. He makes some good passes. He had, like, five shots that were, like, halfway down and just, like, popped out oh, of man. the rim. Yeah. Like, if he can ever get that touch going and, like, become a 15-point-a-game type of guy, like, he scored – Nine today on four of 12, and I swear three of those buckets were literally down the basket before they popped out. Like, today was a great game for him, and I was surprised because I saw that he was eating today. Like, he was playing real well, but I didn't understand, like, the impact that he really had. And I know that plus minuses can be a little bit misleading, but the guy played 30 minutes in a blowout. And he came out with the only, like one of the only pluses on the plus minus side. He was plus three today, going against Russell Westbrook and yeah. you know those bad boys in OKC. And uh, yeah, he he looked tough today. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. he he did, he did. But you know, I the question is, I again, I look back at the team, at the organization. Um, do they have confidence in this kid? Because it just seems like they're not ready to commit to him to even try this experiment out for a long term i think if they can get a chance to get Kyrie, they get a chance to even get kemba walker in here i think they're gonna bite at it if they have the opportunity i also think you i mean how can you look at what john morant is doing right now at this level and and potentially pass on him if you're in that three through five range i don't see how you can do that i i, I, don't, I don't disagree i mean if it comes down to Kyrie. Man, I love Kemba, but you got to look at his age at 31. I don't think he's like the greatest fit for yeah, his tough. team. But like, there's, you know, the New Yorker in me, the New Yorker in my brain thinks about Kemba Walker in a Knicks jersey, and my head just wants to explode. Like, <laughs> literally, like, going the war, old Tim's batted boots, like Cameron says. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> literally, the New Yorker in me would kill. You know, just throw my Tim's, throw my North face and just go to the garden and watch Kemba Walker do that step back at the buzzer in the Madison Square Garden yeah. and next week would literally be the most New York it, greatest. It'd be a beautiful thing, man. It would be a beautiful thing, man. But, you know, not to make it a, tech, a, a Frank telethon like sometimes we have a tendency to do on this show, but just, you know, just calling it out. You know, they, the team got washed today, but we have to point out some of the bright spots. And Frank was some of the bright, was one of the bright spots in, in this tough loss, man. Um, but before we get back into the game, shout out everybody in the chat. Happy MLK Day. Uh, we're getting some people in here, getting a good crowd in here. Frank Sandberg. What's going on? Reaper Man, T. Williams, Pedisance, what's going on? Famous, CP the Artist, Mark Swift, a lot of the regulars in here. So I see a lot of people didn't have work today, so that's a good thing. Gold Eagle 99, appreciate it. What's going on? Um, What else, uh, Jake? ISO, ISO had a, had a good outing today. 16 points, 8 assists for ISO. Career high. 
Um, so it was good to see that at least he's capable uh, of getting some dishes. You saw him and Mitch connect a couple times in that alley. So that was cool to see. I love that. I, I saw that. I paid close attention to the uh, to the chemistry. And, like, yeah. I, you know, the second-round draft pick and the undrafted draft pick was uh, was Alonzo Trier and Mitch. They look good together today. They, they seem to have, like, a good rapport. And the more Mitch gets, like, adjusted to the NBA, I'm excited about Mitch, man. He looks so good. He's oh, so welcome good. back, Money Mitch. Welcome back, Money Mitch. And for those of you who have seen the graphic, the first T is up on the Knicks Fan TV store. Shameless plug, but get your money, Mitch. Mitch, please. T-shirts available on Teespring video link. That The uh, merchandise link is in the video description, so hit that video description and, and get your money, Mitch, T-shirts, man. But um, no, in all seriousness, though, I, I thought, you know, Mitch looked pre- pretty good in, in his return. Obviously, they said that, um, you know, they're going to take things slowly with him, make sure he's still well-conditioned. Uh, the nagging injuries has been a problem all year. Something I, I figured was was going to happen. But, you know, we, we saw him out there, again, exerting himself on the defensive end. I think he picked up two blocks today. So, um, you know, I, again, picked up the uh, two nice alley-oops from ISO. Had a couple nice dunks. So, yeah, Mitch was all right, man. Mitch, Mitch Listen, looked all right, man. We, we know what Mitch is. And, like, but but it's also, like, the classic, like, disparity between – a guy like Frank and a guy like Mitch. Like you pick up a guy who's 20 years old in the second round, he's a little bit raw, but you could see the natural tools that he has. And you're like, yeah. okay, he was a second round draft pick, but the sky's the limit mm-hmm. with him. But Frank getting picked at seven has all the natural tools in the, uh, getting picked at eight, excuse me, has all the natural tools in the world, but you, you've picked him with a lottery pick and you see like the New Yorkers be a lot less, you know, lenient. We just, we just don't have the patience, man. Yeah, no. We just don't have it. We just don't have it. You know, it's funny. I wonder if we would still be on these Von Lee and Moutier bandwagons if they had started their careers here. Oh, you know what I'm oh, saying? Hell no. They, you, think that, <laughs> yeah. you think that if we drafted Moutier, just take it back to uh, 2015 and we drafted Moutier at four. And Facts. he played like he played with the Denver uh, Nuggets. Nah. Like in the Madison Square Garden, you they, think they'd be they'd be they'd they be run out of town, bro. You're out of your mind, they be, bro. There's they'd be no way they'd be in the Knicks jersey. Facts. Oh, by the way, shout out to Matinee. This is my Matinee. Look. Matinee, yeah, I got I got my little Matinee drink on too, man. Cheers, bro. Cheers, cheers, cheers. cheers not having to work. Salute, salute. Salut. You know what I mean? <laughs> salute, man. Um, what else? Gary Miller, what's going on? So I see some people still watching at work. Hope you guys don't get in trouble, man. Call us up, man. 657-383-1509. To those of you who are at home watching us, wherever you guys are watching us from, um, hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up for you boys. And uh, definitely appreciate the support. Arnold Farrar, I appreciate the support. Everybody watching on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Periscope, uh, KnicksFilmSchool.com, posting and toasting what's going on. Gary Miller says, where is Jay Ellis? Jay Ellis is... Recording his podcast, man. He's recording his podcast. He's he's got uh, Ashwin Ramnath, aka Schwinny, from Posting and Toasting on the show today. So that should be a good one. But shout out Jay Ellis. Uh, couldn't be here today, but we got Jake here, and yeah, uh, Jake is going to be joining us more often than not on on this channel. So so I'm happy to have him here, man. Yeah, we we got JL Jake Lennox. Like J- yeah, that's it. That's it. We don't got Jay Ellis, but we got Jake Lennox, man. Um. <laughs> Yeah, man. What else? Uh, well, let's go to the phones. Kevin from North Carolina. He wants to talk about John Morant and Zion. <laughs> Kevin, what's going on, man? How you feeling, bro? What's up? What's up? Y'all can hear me? Loud and clear, yeah. man. 
Uh, yeah, I wanted to call in to see what y'all, um, I want to get my opinions too, but I wanted to see what y'all thought about the whole Zion Williams versus um, John Morant debate. I see a lot of people talking about it in the comments. I've been watching both of them throughout the season. I want to see what y'all think about it. I mean, listen, man. I... Zion, to me, if we get the number one pick, how can you not take him? Jake, how can, how can, you, how can you pass up on this kid? I see a lot of people I'll, in the I'll chat talking now. about he, he's a he's just a dunker. I watch these games. I I don't see that man. I don't. I'm sorry. People I don't see. People who it. think he's just a dunker don't watch him. He has game beyond being. Dude a has game. He he has point forward mentality. But the thing is, is that people are saying that Zion is locked up as the number one pick in the draft. I think it's a media driven narrative. I don't really think it's like as much of a lock as people think. I, and I think Knicks. I if agree. we can get our hands on a guy like Ja or R.J. Barrett, who's more refined and can make more of an impact on day one, I mean, I feel like Nick fans will fall in love with Ja or R.J. a lot quicker than they would fall in love with a guy like Zion. I think they'd be more patient with a guy like Zion, knowing mm-hmm. who he, how raw he is, but I still think that, that we would ultimately like a more refined guy more. But Zion, he, he's good. He can ball. There's no there's no doubt about that. Right. And that's and that's my thing about it. I'm I'm look I'm I'm watching these games. I'm I'm down here in North Carolina. So I'm watching these ACC games. I'm watching Zion. That stuff where he's just a dunker. That's some nonsense. But yeah, I watch no his game and I'm like, yo, man, if we give him a number one to do the six seven, man, I'm just like, yo, a six seven power forward. I'm just like, people's like, oh, he's two eighty five, this that, and the third. I get it. But if you actually watch these games. Mike on um, Coach K, they got him running out the post at the four. Yo, the like, dude has handles. I, I got the highlights game. up here right now, man. The dude has handles. Yeah, he yeah, can yeah. play outside. He can play yeah, inside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what more? Like, what more are we yeah, do? Yeah. He can play defense. His defensive acumen is good. Yeah, See the, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I just think. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you go, man. You go, go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I just, I just think, I think his game, like he has a hand, he has an overall game. I do believe that. I'm just not sure how well that would translate to the NBA against, like, you know, he's going against like six, eight centers. Like he's not going to be able to rise up on a dude like Joel Embiid, or DeAndre Jordan, or Rudy Gobert, such and such. But I'm That's just a fair like, point. I'm watching John Morant. I'm looking like, I'm watching John Morant. I'm just like, man, like some people in the in the in the, in the chat, they're like, you know, John, John Morant's trash. We talk about. No, no but way. I think some of the people there have never. <laughs> I think some of them have never played basketball. But when you play basketball with a guard that gets everybody involved, it makes the floor so much easier. And I think everyone, Porzingis, Knox, everybody would benefit from playing with a guy like John Morant. I'm not saying I take him over Zion, but I think his game is being very um, – they're, they're definitely talking down. Well, people are, people are looking watch. at the level of competition, man. People are looking at him playing in these high school gyms. But I don't let that defer me, man. I don't let that deter me. I don't want that to deter me, man. True, yeah, true, also, true. Uh, like, with, 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 it, it, it has to do with a lot of exposure. You're not seeing a lot of Murray State games on ESPN. Exactly. Like, Zion is all over ESPN. He's on the top ten plays every single night. Right, right, right. Three, six, dunk. Like, Zion is a sexy name right now, and he's drawing comparisons to these right, guys. Right. But there is stuff. Like, to say Zion is not a flawed basketball player would be wrong. Like, you know, you, you want to bring up a guy like Markel Fultz, who was an absolute savage in college. That dude yeah. was a savage right. in college. And now his shot is completely broken. His confidence is lost, yada, yada, yada. The story goes on. Mm. But Zion's shot in college right now, you look at it, the guy doesn't get two inches off the ground when he shoots, and he's 6'7". He's going against these seven-foot athletic freaks. 
like he's gonna get that shot blocked on the perimeter. Yeah. And he wants to draw comparisons to guys like LeBron or Blake Griffin or whatever. These guys were point forward mentalities, and but like these guys were more than just athletes who had great size. They also had incredible like LeBron. He's not great because he's six nine, two seventy five, and runs like a racehorse. He's great because he sees the floor better right, than almost right. any guy in history. Yeah, that's true. He can finish around the rim. He's ambidextrous. Not saying Zion can't do these, but it's a lot worse, and he has a lot more to work on to get to that level. So Zion is raw. Definitely. I'm not saying he'll never get there, but he's raw, and it's a it's a risk. Yeah. I'm not. You it's certainly a risk. I, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk. It's, it's certainly a risk, man. But I, I see a lot of game with this kid, man. But I, I do understand the uh, the trepidation in his size, how that translates to the next level at the four when he's playing with guys much bigger than him. But um, I you know yeah, to, yeah. to see him dominate at each level like this, he just comes off as a generational talent, man. I don't, I don't know. He just comes off as a generational talent to me. I get the Blake Griffin comparisons because Blake was a beast at Oklahoma. Now don't forget, Blake Blake was a monster at, at Oklahoma, and he and he still turned out to be a good player, an All Star player. But um, you know, yeah, is, is he is he a franchise player like what people are touting? You know, Zion up to be. I, I don't know if Zion could could meet those expectations, but I'm willing to find out. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. I wouldn't be mad with the pick, but I think John Morant should get some looks. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay. I mean, yeah. you're, you're a Nick fan in North Carolina. You got a close eye on those Duke boys. That's a fact, man. Man, who you tell man? I'm watching it. I'm watching it, man. But I, I, one thing I will say, I don't I don't want R.J. Barrett at all. He reminds me of Timmy. This dude shot like 9 for 26 the other day. I was like, what? I'm anyway, seeing a lot oh, of man. the comparisons. I appreciate it, Kevin. Have, have, well, a, have a good day, man. Well, let, let's not ignore yeah. the fact that, uh, that Zion got poked in the eye the other day and sat out for two games. I wasn't a big fan of that move either. Yeah, I, was, I, I don't know, man. They're trying to keep him on ice. All right, next caller up. We're going to hear from um, this guy hasn't called in a while, Jake. This this is your first time hearing from him. But he, go, he goes by the name of uh, the president of the Frank Nilakina fan club. Let's my go. man, Max from the Bronx. Max, how, how's it going, my man? How's it going? Yo. How you feeling, bro? Yo. Yep. Yo, 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 that West Coast trip messed me up, man. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. You guys came at weird times, this and that. Uh, I, I couldn't get, like, every time I tried to call, it was like, it was over. <laughs> Max, by the time you try to call, we sleep, man. I couldn't I couldn't stay up and start the post-game yeah, show no, at 1 I'm, o'clock I'm not, in the morning. I, no way, man. Yeah, I, was, I worked 3 to 11, so I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, like, yo, see, that what are they good on? For like, you, man. that West Coast trip? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a lot of things going on. But let me talk about um, Fizdale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's what's your take on these comments? Uh, Fizdale came out. He committed to Moutier yeah. for the second half. I know you were disappointed mm-hmm. about this. What's, what's your takes, Max mm-hmm. from the Bronx? Okay. All right, so let's, let's take Fizdale in, like, the season, right? So we can talk about it. Let's be honest, right? Mm-hmm. He is a used car salesman, right? So, and I think, <laughs> Jake would appreciate that. It's a fact. <laughs> Max, you there? Oh, man, we lost Max. You was on a roll, man. I like that. Oh, we got him. We got him. We got him. Max, I don't know. We lost you, man. Go ahead. Start over, man. You said Fizz was a used car salesman. Go ahead. Start from there. 
Nah, man, what's going on? Yo, yo, Max, you racing dirt bikes? Hello? Yeah, yeah, you there? What? Oh, yo, we yeah, can't. Yeah, go ahead, man. We can hear you. Oh, okay. Um, in the Pat Riley tree, right? Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to be you're supposed to care about defense. Right? Uh, I don't know, man. Max, man, you got to get rid of the Boost Mobile, man. You, you got to up yourself phone, man. you like people who shoot. Huh? Yeah, we're getting bad connection from you, bro. We're getting, I don't know if you're in a good area or what, man. We're getting bad connection from you, man. You need Verizon, Max. Hello? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah, I, don't, I actually got Sprint. Oh, uh, see, that's you the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> that's exactly the problem, <laughs> man. But go ahead. We can hear you now. We can hear you now, man. Go ahead. Let's try again. All right, you hear me good. All right. So, all right. He's supposed to have he's supposed to have a defensive mindset because he came from the Pat Riley tree. Mm-hmm. You let Tim Hardaway do whatever the hell he wants to do on the court. He he's the reason they lost the Wizards game. Let's be honest. You they lost <laughs> the Wizards game because of David Fisdale putting Tim Hardaway in at a last possession defensive position. Everyone knew what was going to happen with the players that was on the court, except for Fisdale, probably, right? So now you come out and say, okay, you know, I think Moody Frank is a backup, which is cool, which is cool. However, when you're down 16, you know, I went, I was looking at the game, right? Yeah. And I went to the bathroom, I came back, they were down 16. Mm-hmm. That was two minutes. I don't know how you down 16. I just, <laughs> how you down 16? I just came, I just, literally, it was two minutes. No, I, I did see that. I'm it was like, like, it was I, like 10 to 8, Jake. And then all of a sudden, it was like twenty six to ten. Yeah, I was like, "Bro, what happened here?" I I, I will give you yeah. my my thing on Fizdale and his quote unquote defensive mindset. Like, you know, he Fizdale's definitely a used car salesman when it comes to like saying these quotes that you know just play to our classic Knicks mindset. Like, we're gonna be tough. We're gonna stress the defensive culture. Then he implements a 2-3 zone. We saw the return of the 2-3 zone. The 2-3 zone. The 2-3 zone has not been part of the NBA since 1970, and it's for good reason, especially in today's day and age when everybody can shoot the three ball at a 40% clip. You see it in the NCAA because people are a little bit more raw. They can't shoot the three ball as well. And you can also stick your center right in the middle of the paint with you know no, no problem. In the NBA, we have something called the five-second rule, and that's a technical foul, so you can't do that. So he puts the two three zone in, and then any team that has like a decent coach will be like, okay, just swing the ball around the perimeter. If you get the ball to the foul line, break down right. two three zone, then you get easy buckets, and then you'll One, get open two, three. three all day long. Like the two three, like when he started yeah. doing the two three zone and tried to say like it was him thinking outside the box. That, like, literally is what I think of Fizdale. Like, he thinks that a high school formation is, like, thinking outside the box in the NBA. Like, come on, dude. That's got to be better than that. But I told, I told CP this earlier. I mean, a, a while back. I said, when Fizdale's doing something, right, let's go. Let's use the Greg Popovich rule, right? Would Greg Popovich do what, even do what Fizdale does at all? And the answer is no. There's no way he would play Moutier. All these minutes, and I don't care. Like I, I got over the Moody thing, but the fact that you don't put in two of your best defenders in the last possession to stop somebody, and it's like so simple. It's like a, it's so easy to do, and you don't yeah. do it. 
don't so, get that. So, and on a devil's don't advocate, or, or, what do you say to somebody who says, because um, we talked about this in our uh, Knicks fans of the roundtable midseason report. You could check out the replay on the top left hand side of your screen. Yeah, I saw. I saw it. Okay, so so Macri Macri was on there. Jonathan Macri, next film school, is my guy. Um, he looks at it as you know, what if it's a, a teaching moment from Fisdale to these kids that are deficient on the defensive side of the ball? You know, a Knox, a Timmy. You know, what if he's trying to get their defensive acumen up? What do you say about that? Okay, here's the thing, right? Yeah. Tim Hardaway, first of all, Tim Hardaway is not like a kid. He's like 25, 26. That's a fact. So that is what he is already. <laughs> you know what like, Come on. Yeah. No, no, but I'm, I'm talking about in the NBA grand scheme of things, not in life. You know, I mean, he's young in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But in the NBA grand scheme of things, he is what he is. He's terrible at getting out of shooters. He's terrible on switches. He's like the one of the you know the problem is we like we said we talk about the guy you know um, I was watching your um, roundtable I forgot his name real quick but he said that we're so focused on Tanner we don't even look at Timmy's defensive Timmy's just as bad as Tanner it's just on the perimeter he does the same oh, dumb thing he can't guard he can't do nothing right so this Definitely. year everyone knew this this year was a lost year right. But I'm gonna tell you something. This is gonna be like a, like a, I would say a prediction. He since they better start playing the right way, or else we're not gonna get nobody. You got the city, you got the money, more than likely. But this, I'm telling you, NBA players are not that dumb. You you see how he's using people? It's gonna look bad. Like he he doesn't know what he's doing, and that's bad, man. And I don't know what it is about we hire coaches and they're semi successful outside of New York. And then they come here and they just start doing things like <laughs> two three zone in the NBA where everybody shoot threes. I don't. I, it's like dumb, dumb stuff, man. Like at some point, he needs to step up his game, and so we can actually attract somebody because everyone knew the Knicks was going to be bad, but they don't even. They're getting killed every night. It seems like at the same things, wide open threes, pick and roll, make an adjustment. Making a just can't knock him. Can't the knock player, him. You want? Hmm? I say can't knock him. I mean, it, players, I, I I can't I can't right. argue with your sentiments. You know what I'm saying? I can't argue with your sentiments. Yeah, and go ahead, go ahead. Listen, he did one smart thing. You know, he did one smart thing, though, right? You know, what I'm about to say, CP. If you know me, you know what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Costco version of Allen Iverson doesn't play no more. <laughs> <laughs> that was smart. He realized. Talk about Trey Burke. He don't, he, don't, he don't bring nothing to the table. So you realize if he's not scoring, that's it. It's over. Yeah. And then he says, I think he said a quote that really was all about Trey Burke. He said, we have players who, who's on their last year of the contract that just wants to get out and get numbers. Oh, it took you 30 games to figure that out? But me, CP, Jay Ellis, and Jake, we can figure that out that old Trey Burke doesn't want to shoot because he wants to get a contract extension? I mean, things like that. I don't understand why he don't get that shit, man. Seriously. Uh, I mean, good points, man, and, and appreciate the call, Max. I mean, listen, you, you can't you can't argue with what he's been saying, Jake. Nah, uh, he, he's right. He's definitely right on Fizdale. And, like, the one thing I'll disagree with him on Fizdale is 
Um, I, I like the point he brought up, like the, the coaches that had success outside of New York comes to New York and they're on a whole bunch of other things that like, what the hell are they doing? How they find success outside of New York and like implement this type of rotation and like look lost. But Fisdale's not one of those guys. Fisdale was not a very successful coach outside of New York. He completely destroyed and dismantled the Memphis Grizzlies, which was a consummate playoff uh, contender. They, they were a finals contender for a while, low-key, but he tried to tear them apart. He lost the uh, trust of his players. He lost the locker room and was fired after a season. Everybody wants to call it a fall guy, but if you look at the record and you look at what happened, it's just facts. He wasn't a good coach there. And then he was the assistant coach. Yeah, you could say he's from the Pat Riley coaching tree, but he was the assistant coach on a super team heat team yeah. that was led by the player who may be the most uncoachable player I, on the planet right now. So. Hey, who are you talking about? Uh... LeBron. LeBron. Um, I just, I just, listen, you know, the talent is not good. We know that. I just. I'm I'm not blaming Fizdale for a bad year. I don't want that to get twisted, but I'm just saying, like, when Fizdale's on some other things, it doesn't surprise me. I don't think he's a very good coach. Yeah. You can't, he, see, this is the thing, though. Like, he's going to learn, like I keep saying, he's he's, going to eat those words, man. You can't come in and, and talk about we're going to protect his house. We're going to have defensive accountability. Guys are going to be playing hard, blah, 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 blah. And you don't hold them accountable for those very same principles that you preach. Bad. You know what I mean? That, I'm just saying, like, the coach should not go. And I'm giving this coach all four years. I've been saying this ad nauseum on the show. But he, he should not be above any questioning or any criticism. He shouldn't be. You know what I mean? And I, I think Max has hit it on the head with those, man. Um, before we get to Ari, shout out to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Any new subscribers, any new watchers, uh, leave a hashtag new in the chat so we can shout you guys out. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel, Knicks Fan TV, the Nick of Time Show, the Knicks Podcast. Uh, Jake, tell them where the podcast is at, man, where they can find the podcast. Podcast, uh, we haven't done one in a minute, so it's a little bit outdated, but once we get it rolling again, we're trying to uh, stream it on YouTube Live. You get your early action on, type it into your YouTube, subscribe right now. It's up and running. We just haven't made videos yet. It's coming in about a week or two, though. Um, just type in the Lennox, T-H-E-L-E-K-N-I-C-K-S. You could also find us on um, SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, the TuneIn, Stitcher, pretty much all your basic oh. uh, podcast outlets. And on Twitter and Instagram, we're at the underscore Lennox, T-H-E underscore L-E-K-N-I-C-K-S. All right, all right. A little, a little seamless plug, all good. Um, plug, plug. So here is, uh, and sorry, my video is a little bit delayed for those of you watching. Just bear with us. Um, here's a quote from Canner after the game. Cannon said he's not happy with being out of the rotation. This is from Ian Begley, ESPN, which he learned from a conversation with David Fisdale after the Knicks return from London. He said he loves New York, but wants to play. And that he'd let his agent, Mark Bartlestein, remember he switched agents last year. He said he'll let his agent and the Knicks handle the next steps, a.k.a. trade me or buy me out, is basically how this is looking with Canna, man. Um, what, what's your reaction to that, Jake? I kind of touched on this the last time I was on, but Canner, roller coaster ride emotions with Canner. I said he was one of my favorite players coming into uh, last year. He was a ride or die Knicks guy. And, like, if what he says was true, then he wouldn't really care about if this team doesn't really fit his agenda for his personal accomplishments. I get it's his career and it's a fair 
analysis of what he needs to do. But, like, if you're really ride or die New York, if you're really the team guy, Knicks guy, you would understand that this isn't about winning. Exactly. It's really about you. It's about, you know, developing Mm -hmm. a culture, developing a team. And, you know, you can knock Fizdale all you want, but, like, he's trying to do that at the very least. And, uh, you know, just because Canner may not be part of that, like, he doesn't need to go, you know, uh, complaining to the media at every opportunity he gets. It just seems to be, like, tiresome after a while. Like, we get it, dude. Like, I'm sorry that this team doesn't really fit your agenda, but it is what it is. This is what he signed up for, right? When yeah, he, and when exactly. he opted in, when you opted into the deal, this is what you signed up for, man. Facts. Sorry, I so, I'm sorry that you know that you're you're not going to get that contract elsewhere. Facts. You opted in. You wanted the money. You're going to tank with us for a year. You're going to be the 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 cat the co captain of the tank, buddy. Yeah, exactly. The lieutenant, the lieutenant of the tank. <laughs> Yeah, right. You're gonna do do uh, drive that right up Second Avenue, bro. That's what we're gonna do. They they gotta come to a resolution to this. Um, there's no need in having him around. You know, I, I thought when we got rid of Noah's bum ass, I thought we were done with all the the uh, the drama. But um, it, it's just too much drama with Canada, man. We need to cut ties with him. Whether we can get an asset for him would be great. But if not, it is what it is. Um, next call, Ari from Manhattan wants to talk about Frank Iso and the trade deadline. Ari, how you feeling, bro? Hey, happy MLK Day, guys. I'm feeling good. How about you guys? Same to you, man. Feeling good, man. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, first of all, um, you know, with the callers, with Fiz, about the Fizdale thing, how he, you know, like I've been saying this before, he is tank, he is tanking, mm-hmm. and he's cloaking the tanking in, like, teachable moments for people. But, you know, think about it this way. Like, we're fans. We want the Knicks to win as much as possible. Um, you know, and have the best future ever. He even feels more about that. Like, Fizdale cares the most. He has probably the biggest interest in the tank out of all of us because, you know, he needs to get talent on his team. Um, so, you know, he can't come out publicly and say, yeah, we're tanking. You know what I mean? So what mm-hmm. he says is he puts these, he puts Tim Hardaway Jr., the worst defender, on Bradley Beal <laughs> in the last play of the game. And Go get him, kid. Cloaks the tank as teachable moment for Tim Hardaway Jr., even though he's been had he's been in the league for like seven years, you know what I mean? <laughs> so um I think uh we gotta get more um cynical with this because I, I definitely think um Fisdale's one hundred percent tanking. Um and um you know he's just basically saying I'm trying to teach the young guys and put them in situations. Um and you also have to remember with Fisdale, he wasn't brought in for X's and O's, he was brought in for free agency, the players coach. That was the reason why they brought him in. You know, if they wanted a, an X's and O's guy, they could have gotten Bouldenhoser or someone else who, who was, you know, from the Popovich tree and, Fair. you know, who knows the game, the X's and O's better. You know, they wanted Fisdale because, you know, LeBron backed him, Dwayne Wade backed him, players liked playing for him. And, um, you know, the whole end goal is free agency, like I said. Um, you know, so I don't think people, I don't think people should expect Fisdale to be, you know, the reincarnation of Greg Popovich or something like that. But I think um, come, you know, free agency time, I think, you know, he, he will have, hopefully, you know, the, the, the goal is for him to be able to have some pull with these big name guys. Good points. So, good, um, good points, man. Jake, Jake what, do you, what do you think about that? About, oh, no, um, uh, uh, Ari's 100% right. I, I think coaching is important if you don't have players. But players are obviously more important than coaching. I didn't have a lot of respect for Spolstra for a very long time because he kind of came across as a bit phony, like a little bit Miami. Yeah. And, uh, but and like coaching the super team heat to the championship, like I didn't mark that up as a 
coaching, you know, superstar. I marked it up to three superstar players playing together with incredible basketball IQs and able to uh, cloak for coaching mistakes. And I think that if Fisdale ends up being a selling point for New York and we end up, say, like, we end up with KD and Kyrie because they want to play with Fisdale, Fisdale did his job, you know? Like, he may not be the X's and O's guys. I sure don't think he is. But if he can get superstars here, it'll cloak for bad coaching. Like, the Knicks are not going to be bad in the Eastern Conference if KD happens to walk over to New York. Like, that's just a fact. We're going to be a playoff contender, borderline championship contender from day one if that happens. And if Fisdale's the reason why that happens, all the better. Like, I'm not going to complain at all. And I'll actually sing Fisdale's yeah. praise if that happens. Still don't think he's a great coach. He can't do what Brad Stevens does with the uh, Boston Celtics. But if he can get players over here, that's definitely a skill within itself. If he wants to, if he gets superstar players, caters to their egos, which they certainly have, I'm all for that. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point that what Ari came up with. Um, and, you know, maybe it could have been also a PR move by the Garden going with uh, Fisdale over Budenholzer. Um, oh, yes. I thought Budenholzer was going to be the guy. But um, listen, I'm I'm still happy with Fisdale. I want to see how this plays out. I want to see what happens when we get more more uh, players here. But um, good points, Ari. What's, what's your points on Frank and Iso? Yeah. Okay, so with Frank and Iso, um, you know, it was good to see Iso get back in the swing of things and, like, at least, you know, not be horrible. Um, I think this is probably the best game since he signed that, that, that two-year contract and since he came back from the injury. So um, that was good to see. Um, with Frank, um, you know, the thing about Frank is, like, I obviously, you know, I don't, I don't think he's a good really basketball player but you know everyone always talks about his defense so i thought personally he was i think personally we as nick fans overrate his defense but today was one game where you could really see his like his defense like really on on like his defense was very very good today he was plus three overall he 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 clamped down paul george who's like you know top 10 player he clamped down russell westbrook to a certain extent who's also an arguably top 10 player you know, so I think, you know, with him, I don't know if his offense is ever going to really come around. I'll be honest with you, I really don't. But if he could be, you know, like I'm talking about all NBA defender, then he's got value. My whole thing was, you know, I think his defense, I think he's a good defender, but I don't think it's good enough to offset his, his um, you know, deficiencies on offense. And today was a game where I actually think, you know, his defense did. And obviously the plus minus kind of, you know, said, said he did. Yeah. You know, he actually... You know his defense was so good at this point that it kind of like it was he was he was useful being on the court. So that was a good thing to see also. Um, so I'm I'm very happy to see those two things. But um, you know my biggest concern right now, forget Fisdale, forget all this, is what is this trade deadline, man. Like what mm. what are we going to do? Because you know we have like I'm telling you like the number one goal of this entire season besides Kristaps knee is at the minimum getting rid of either Lee or Hardaway at the minimum. So, you know, those I know are the, those are the two harder ones, though, man. That's the problem. Those two trades, I think, in, in terms yeah, but, of priority, I would say, yeah, you're right. But those are also the two uh, most difficult ones to make without, right. without, without putting that's an why, asset you know, on top of it. On... Right, but that's what I'm saying. I think you, uh, that's what I'm saying. I think you have to put an asset on top of it. I do. I really do. And you know what? Honestly, I, I think that Noah Vonleh outplayed his his time here and I listen I, I called him before I said I, I want to keep the guy and I do want to keep the guy but you know you have to understand like 
you know, he's just like, it's like a cat. It's like a friendly fire casualty. Like he's out. We're not going to be able to, I don't know if he, it's worth it to take up more money in, uh, you know, long term. And, yeah. you know, I think, you know, for example, I think Philly, Von Lane, Courtney Lee would be very good for Philly. They get more shooting with Courtney Lee. They get a good uh, one through four defender with Von Lane. We'll take yeah, it. Ari, sell him. Sell him, Ari. Um, Elton Brand, are you listening? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think <laughs> get Elton Brand on the phone. They're they're competing now. They need they need to make a push, and they need some yeah. more shooting, and they need some more you know defense defensive bodies, and, I, and they have the cap situation where they could take on they you know, Courtney Lee or Tim Hardaway. Like they they can get more of a shooting spark off the bench. I don't know, but whatever it is, if you have to get rid of Vonley, if you have to attach Vonley or Moutier, or Vonley and Moutier, it doesn't matter. Like, you have to get rid of, at the minimum, one of these guys. And I would honestly try to do whatever I can, because I agree with what JL has said, to get rid of both of them. And yeah. if that means to get rid of Vonley, and that means get rid of Moutier and Trey Burke, and honestly, even Frank, I would I would have to do it, because you, I, don't, I think that if you open up two max spots, it is guaranteed that we're going to get big-time big free agents. If you open up so. one, it's a risk. Yeah. But... You know? All right. That's what I think. Appreciate the call, man. What do you good, guys good think points, about that? man. Good points. Uh, I, I like that idea, by the way. Uh, you know, packaging a guy like Vonley, who is like an asset, and he is a guy who is overplaying in a contract year, which is a bad combination for the Knicks because we don't need to go out spending money on guys like Vonley when, you know, marquee free agents are becoming available. So packaging a guy like Vonley to ship off a guy like Courtney Lee or Tim Hardaway Jr. is – Definitely the move. If um, if the front office, Steve Mills isn't, but Scott Perry, my guy, met yeah. him, super nice guy, super awesome dude, who I have faith in. If he is really as savvy as like people like to talk him up to be, he would he would try to pull the trigger on something like that. Because I think yeah. that Vonley has a lot of value in this league. Right uh, only thing, um, and shout out everybody in the chat once again. Uh, I see the chat um, opining on this topic as usual, getting involved. Um, I don't see I see free agency to me. I, I've bailed from that free agency pipe dream because we just seen it so many times, man. I've been yeah, a Knicks yeah, fan you, you for can't, you can't bank over twenty five years and nobody comes here. You know, say what you will about Melo. Melo was the only one of stature of caliber um that said I wanna be we here. I wanna come to New York. We also didn't do that right either though. We didn't do it right. For him. Yeah, we bailed. We got rid of a lot of assets for that. We got we got anxious and um, you know, it, it was a it was a chess match and we lost. But um, I mean that was a, that was a James Dolan thing though. That yeah. was it. Like that, that James because like, yeah. Donnie Walsh was building this team up, and we had a lot of good pieces in place. And if True. we just waited it out, got mellow, and didn't get rid of you know uh, all four of Raymond Felton, Wilson Chandler, Daniel Gallinari, Timothy Moskov, and draft picks, yeah, we would have been so set. Dolan, and, like they, today, uh, would be a different story. They bit. They they bit. They bit. And well, and... you know, James Dolan always prioritizes selling tickets, so. Yeah. Um, so he forced Donnie Walsh's hand. Donnie Walsh made that trade, and then he resigned like a day later. Yeah, basically. Um, the Vonley trade to Philly, if Philly were to take that, I would do it with that with that Chicago second rounder that Philly has because at least it's not all the way down in the second round. You're not getting a first first rounder for him. You're talking about second round. So if you can get the top, you know, five pick in the second round. You, you might have a good chance to land in a, a good rotational piece. And if you look at our track record for these second round or on drafted guys, we're, we're, we're getting some, some talented players in here. Um, Courtney Lee, another one, two years left on the deal. 
I don't see that happening without you putting together an asset on top of that. And unless we get a guarantee in free agency, I'm not even quite sure you even want to do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even sure you even want to do it. The Timmy deal, forget about it. That trade kicker, nobody's paying that. And no, nah. nobody's paying that on. Nobody wants him that badly. That that's going to do that. Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, he he only has this year and next year on his contract, so yeah. it's not like a complete loss for a team to dra- to get him. But the Knicks are going to have to take a hit in order to like we're going to have to get rid of somebody useful to just get rid of Tim Hardaway exactly. Jr. So you know the he he's like an albatross. Yeah, it's just. Nothing's happening with Tim Hardaway. He's not going. I don't. Anywhere. I don't see it, man. And um, who else we got? We got Lee, Von Lee, Timmy. This Canada thing. We'll see what happens with the Canada thing. Maybe they can squeak out uh, a late second rounder for him. But maybe he just gets bought out. I don't see what I say is. I don't see anything happening at the trade yeah, deadline. Not, it's uh, tough to imagine. I, I, I don't see us it. trading. I could see us either trading or buying out Canner just to get his ass off the team because he's annoying. Yeah. Um. But. but at the same time, like we're not going to get assets for Canner. We'd be lucky to get like a second round draft pick from the Warriors to get Canner or something like yeah. that. You know, it's not mm-hmm. going to be anything that's going to be a big difference maker. I would still do that in a second because we saw what second round draft picks, tra- draft picks can be with Mitch Robinson and Alonzo Trier. But at the same time, like if you're expecting, you know, a late first for Ennis Canner, you're, you're, no, you got your mind. I don't see that. And somebody in the chat, and shout out everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up, hit that like button. I see 137 people, probably 150 people in the chat. Thanks for joining us. Hit that thumbs up button, that like button to support the show. Um, when was the last time you even remember a blockbuster trade happening in the NBA, man? Like, what was the last time there was like a, a crazy trade where you was just like, oh, well, whoa. last year it was Boogie Cousins. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess. Was, yeah. But it, it, it's funny how that worked because, you know, the Sacramento Kings traded Boogie Cousins for Buddy Yield and a little bit of, uh, you know, scraps here and there, some draft pick yeah. options. And Buddy's having everybody a good year. thought that the Kings literally got ripped off in that trade, like beyond compare. Like, yeah. they literally thought they lost that trade. Now you look back on it, the Kings came out on top in that trade. It was a good trade. They knew that he wasn't going to resi- resign with them. And then they got Buddy Heald, who's yeah. averaging 20 points per game this year on good percentages. And then they also got another draft pick, which turned into, I want to say, uh, Harry Giles for them, I'm pretty sure. Or, uh, um, yeah, I think it was, or was he there? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was. I think it was. It was that same draft where they had Fox. They had three draft picks that year, right? They had yeah, Giles. Yeah, they had. Um, 6, 10, and 15, I want to say. Yeah, they had the guy from North Carolina, the skinny kid from North Carolina, Justin Jackson. The the kid that aced Phil Jackson's triangle test. Yeah, that's right. uh, That's right. You know, my my brother has the joke that the Sacramento Kings screwed up that draft to high heavens because they drafted triangle and kneecap. Triangle Justin Jackson and kneecap being Harry Giles because he tore his ACL about seven times. Damn. Um, Yo, I mean, the last real blockbuster trade I can remember was probably Ray Allen for Gary Payton, man. I'm talking about, like, Trading players still in their prime. I I think that might have been the trade, man. I think that might have been the trade. Sending Ray Allen to Seattle and Gary Payton to uh to to the Bucks. That that one I remember yeah, like hearing I, that trade, like, damn, that's that's a crazy trade, man. Yeah, in ter- in terms of like, you know, players for players as opposed yeah. to players for Asset. Yeah, I'm That's, talking about like prime player for prime play. You don't really yeah, see that anymore. You, you don't. You don't see prime play. Like you know, even in like the Kyrie Irving trade. You know, Kyrie didn't get traded for a player. Kyrie got traded for draft picks. Yeah, you know, right. That's what 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right on that one. Um, you, nowadays, you're seeing it all over the place, you know, whether it be Jimmy Butler, Zach Levine, right. Kyrie, like they're so getting traded or, or Oladipo or something like that. These guys are Future getting picks. Paul George, like these, these superstars are getting traded for guys with a high ceiling. And the Knicks tried to pull that off with Melo. But Mello was a little bit more past his prime than a guy like Paul George or Jimmy Butler. So all we could get in return was Ennis Canner, which still wasn't a bad haul in uh, the grand scheme of things. True indeed, man. All right, back to the phones. We got Chris, we got Dion, we got Julian. Oh, we got a lot of people on the phone. All right, so we're going to run through it. Chris from Texas wants to talk about Fizdale and how he's playing Kevin Knox. Chris, how you feeling, man? Is this your first time calling, bro? Yeah, it's my first time. How I'm you doing, welcome, welcome to the show, man. Welcome to the channel. Appreciate it, man. I'm a big fan of the show. Yeah, I just wanted to touch on, you know what I'm saying, David Fisdale and how he's playing Kevin Knox, man. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's like it's like this guy's just afraid to give Kevin Knox the ball. You know what I'm saying? He got him sitting in the corner and every time he does give him the ball, you know, he's coming up the exact same play every single time. Come out the corner, dribbling up, coming off the curl to the elbow. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like seriously, this guy has no imagination and me personally, I don't think it's a coincidence that every time David Fisdale gives Kevin Knox the ball, you know what I'm saying, he goes off for 26, 22, 31. You know what I'm saying? He put 31 against a good Eastern Conference team. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what, what is this guy doing? He has no imagination at all. That, that's one of the you know things fans like, knock him for to... is uh, lack of offensive creativity, and, and uh, especially with Kevin Knox. You know what I mean? I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, but I, you would think that after a showing like Philly, like he would start, he would start deferring to Kevin Knox a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Like putting the ball in his hand, letting him be aggressive. You know what I mean? Let him take more shots. Like seriously, why is Tim Hardaway Jr. and Emmanuel Mudiay taking more shots than Kevin Knox when he's efficient? They're more efficient than both. Well, Timmy's a ball hog. <laughs> I mean that that one that one was easy. And listen, well, you know Mudiay trying to reestablish himself, man. And so I think Fizz's take on, you know, the the transitional nature of a lot of these players, it does negative, negatively impact this team. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it's just a, the nature of the beast. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like, as fans, we can see it as a, as a coach. You know what I'm saying? You're sitting on the sidelines, and your job is to develop is to develop these players. And you see, every time you put the ball in this kid's hands, yeah, he does something happen. special. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like he when he when you give when you give him the okay to be aggressive and take more shots, like he turns into something like wow, we got him at the ninth pick, and he's only 19. Wow, but then. You know what I mean? Like games like today, you only let him take what, like six shots, five shots. Uh, today That's he took. To um, let's go to the stats real quick. Let's take a look at Kevin Knox's stats. Shout out everybody in the chat. <clears throat> Kevin Knox's got, uh, stats for today. Three, three for eight. Two for three from downtown. Two for yeah. three. Okay, but no, he was three. He was three for eight from the field though. So yeah, he didn't get that many shots up. But yeah, I I, I don't disagree with your point though. I mean. A lot of our offense, to me, um, and, you know, I've been watching basketball. I played basketball. Like, I I love the game, um, just like a lot of people do. But to me, it just seems like a lot of, you know, playground basketball with Fizdale. Like, I don't see a lot of, like, creative offensive schemes getting drawn up, which is part of the thing about Fizdale that worries me. So I'm with you on that. 
Um, and the way he uses players, it's like I said in the last show, it's kind of like Dan Tony, but with like without like a superstar point guard. Like he's trying to use Moutier like Dan Tony used Steve Nash or James Harden, who's like a super like MVP caliber players. So they're high IQ basketball players that make the right moves and can put the ball in the basket at extremely high rates. Fisdale tries to do that similarly with a guy like Moutier, but Moutier is not that good. And then it takes the ball out of guys that, you know, can actually make differences uh, hands, you know, whether it be Knox or finding Cornette on the perimeter. Cornette didn't do anything today. Or just finding guys open and, like, you know, scheme, like it's less scheming guys open and more like it, it's more like good plays on the playground. You know, that's kind of the way I kind of see this offense move sometimes. Yeah. Hey, listen, ho- hopefully with uh, some more stability with the roster and, and as the, you know, the seasons progress, hopefully we'll see some more creativity there, man. Appreciate the call, though, Chris. Yeah. Appreciate it. You, you fellas have a good day. You too, man. All right, next up, Dion from Park City wants to talk about Fisdale and his rotations. Dion, where, where's Park City at? Is that Florida? Where's Park City, Utah? Nah, nah, that's uh, that's uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, all right, yeah, man, first time calling? Yeah, first time caller, always watch the show. I don't really get to catch it live a lot, okay. but I always watch the channel, man. Y'all do a good job up there, man. Appreciate Shout it. Shout to Jay Ellis. I know he ain't there, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I always man. catch him up there with you. Thanks for the support, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. But, yeah, I wanted to talk about Fizz, and, like, I know a lot of the things don't really seem like it makes sense, but I really think he coaching, like, you know, like how you coach a high school team, man, who who rebuilding. You know, you got a bunch of good freshmen and sophomores, and then you got a, you got some seniors who you know they leaving and they stink. You know, so you let them do whatever they want to do, like Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> you send them out there, you know what I'm saying? You you let them vets play because you know they're going to lose the game anyway. Yeah. And you coach, the, um, you coach the young boys hard, man. The only way you scare young boys with the bench, man. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way they learn, yo. So, like, when you see, like, Frank not playing, like, granted, I like what I see from Frank, like, because those shots he missing this year, he wouldn't even take last year. That little heavy with the cross and yeah. get to that mid-range, fall away, that's a good shot for him. I, you I know just what I'm think saying? Frank, I and just think that, Frank, that left hand or right hand, like. Yeah, I think Frank ultimately needs to learn to be more crafty given his limitations. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He can't beat guys one-on-one off the dribble. He's going to get his shit thrown. He's going to get smacked. You've seen it all the time. He yeah, ha- he exactly. Has, he has no moves, but he still has size. And and if he's playing that guard position on some nights, he's going to have size advantages over players. He just has to find his, his groove, man, and find the moves that will still allow him to be effective yeah. on, on the court. Yeah, but you notice he, he goes to, like, the basically he got three moves, which he's going to all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're, they're good shots, but, like, over the summer, you know, his three is going to get better. The form is there oh, better than last year now, so it's only right that the shot fall next year. Yeah. You know, so that's what I think with Fizz. I think he really, like, with the vets, like, because, you know, if you let them vets play 30 minutes, they're going to lose the game, so the tank is on right. anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I remember it was a stretch in the um in the fourth quarter, and like it was like six minutes left. But we had like Mitchell out there, um, Knox, uh, uh, Frank was out there with Dotson, and I believe Trier. That lineup, man, that's when we go on a run, and you see it all the time. We yeah. put those young guys in, we go on a good run. And honestly, if he played those dudes more minutes, man, we'd be winning three. We'd be up three or four more games than we are right now. 
So he can't like he can't let those guys play so much, and he could use it as a learning experience. Like the other caller was saying earlier, like you use that time to teach them hard lessons. But you know, when you come to coaching, like it's sometimes where you be like, "Yo, I should take that dude out for that," but I can't because we're gonna lose. He don't have to worry about that right now. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he could take sure. him out for making a mistake and lose the game, and it's all still good. Like true. You, you, good points, yeah. man. Good good points. Yeah. No, coach. The caller makes a great, a lot of big facts, like a lot of big fact points. Because I will say this: one of the things I do say a lot about Fisdale is that his whole like shtick for coaching reminds me a lot about high school ball. You know, we we all played it. Like you, you, you scare your players by sitting them on the bench and calling them out a little bit. You know, maybe in front of the team and you know put them on public notice. Like you know, I am not. I'm not happy with the way he's playing. So he sits on the bench, like making a statement, get your juices going. So when you finally get the opportunity to get back, um, you, you you get a little bit hungrier and then you kind of take that energy and roll forward. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it is a pretty like, you know, early coaching mindset. Like I don't think it's NBA caliber coaching necessarily, but I will say this about Frank. He had a great point about Frank and it's development does not happen overnight. People think that Frank is going to be, you know, the like the four point a game scorer that he was last year and turn into a, a fifteen to eighteen point scorer, averaging eighteen. Not patient eight enough. That's not happening. But what you do see out of Frank in the development department, like he was not crafty at all last year. Every time he had the ball in his hands, he started shaking. Yeah. He was turning the ball over. He had no idea what he was Chris, doing. Chris Chris Brickley taught him some moves, man. Chris Brickley told him some moves. Taught him some moves. And now he's like a little bit crafty. He's got that hezzy. He can yeah. take it inside. Like, and then when he stretches out in the length, like you see how long his arms are. He he can do a lot of things. And like if he can ever put it together, he's gonna be a serious problem. I don't think people give him enough of an opportunity, including I'm, I'm not I'm not bailing on this kid. Um I'm not bailing on this kid. Somebody in the chat, I think point five had said if we get John ja Moran, it's over for Frank. I don't see it that way either. I don't think it's a zero sum game when it comes to Frank. I don't think it's either starting point guard or nothing. I think he could be a backup. Maybe he could play the off ball, you know, maybe, you know, if his shot gets a little bit better. I just think he has the tools that if we stay patient and and allow him to put it together, allow the coaches to coach him up, I think he will fill a role on this team. I'm not saying what his ceiling is no, going to be. No. I think he can fill a winning role on this team oh, when yeah. the talent complements, uh, when, when the talent is there to, to complement his, his skill sets. You know what I mean? I, I mean, worst case scenario is kind of like, you know, he plays out his rookie deal, like a three, four year contract, depending on if we pick up the option or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he doesn't develop as quickly. But we have seen that Frank can make some winning plays. Like, he's a smart player. Mm-hmm. He may not be that aggressive, but he doesn't make a lot of mistakes in, in general. Like, he makes good passes. He plays good defense. Yeah. And if he doesn't play or exceed his role in the four years that we give him, and then we offer him, like, a kind of a cheaper deal for another, like, three years, put him in a backup role, see if he could develop a little bit. I mean, he's 20 years old, so it's yeah. kind of hard to – to, to make assessments on like where he can go or what he's really be. Man. I mean, I don't think anybody can, can say what he, but he has tools. And I, I, I still believe that Frank has a very high ceiling in, in general. It's the same here, man. All right, Julian, yo, Julian's on the line. Julian, you're late, man. You're usually first, man. What happened, man? What, what'd you have school today, man? 
<laughs> nah, nah, at all. Uh, but you know, today was a great day for the tank. <laughs> it was a great day for. <laughs> That's the only thing it was a great day for. Other than that, we played terrible. That might have been the worst. Probably other than the game in OKC, the worst showing from the Knicks all year long. And no, I'm no, so I've seen, I've seen some bad I'm ones sure. before this one, man. This, this one was, uh, it was it was bad. On a scale of 1 to 10 bad, I give this one a 7. But there have been some, some 8, 9, 10 bads. There, there have been some, the Utah game was the worst of the worst. Can't get no worse than that, Julie. Oh, yeah, no, nah, you're, you're probably yeah, right. Right. The Utah, Utah game was the worst of the worst. Worst of the worst. Yeah, man. But hey, this 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 game, the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter gave us a preview into what the second half of the season is going to look like. Um, that's what I'm saying. You know, you like, look at the I, lineup. I it was. Go ahead, Julian. Go ahead. Go Sorry, ahead. I got. Go ahead, Julian. Um, all right. So yeah, we had all the young kids out there, and they were doing their thing. By the way, shout out to Frank for clamping up uh, Russell Westbrook and and Paul George like simultaneously. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> and so you look at it, and by the way, I don't mean to push my Frank agenda too hard today, but Emmanuel Moutier <laughs> in 14 minutes, then in, no, in 18 minutes, sorry, and in, in 18 minutes, he had the, a minus 21 plus minus. And Frank Aquina in 30 minutes had a plus three plus minus. So let's just put it, we'll, we'll leave that there. All right, so who I think I should be starting for the Knicks at point guard this mm-hmm. year? Um, I, I like the way you did that. You're like, put it out there. Just, just take it for it. <laughs> take it for you. Be the judge. You be the judge. It's like an appetizer. You know, cleanse your palate a little bit. That's Push it. Push it around <laughs> your mouth. And see how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, today I have to say this is the first time since Alonzo Trier got his money that we saw a like a bona fide excellent performance from him. Six good points, back. six boards, eight assists. Yeah, great, great bounce back. From, from true. 10 for and, 10 from the know, free throw line. 10 for 10 from free throws. It's oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you can, he's, he's shown the ability. He can run an offense and be a three-level scorer at the same time, which is, like, incredible. It's, this kid who's 23 years old or 22 or whatever, he's already shown the ability to, to be an excellent NBA player, to be a, a starter-level guard in this league in his rookie season. And you love to see that. Um, I have to give. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who um, who signed him. Whether it was Perry or Mills, but you have to give them credit for acquiring this kid uh, for being an undrafted free agent. Yep. Um, and you know, you saw some things from him at Arizona. Which, granted, he had excellent talent with him. Uh, his two best years with Markinen and and DeAndre Ayton as his bigs. Mm-hmm. But you see, um, he he knows how to work with like excellent big and so that that gives me so much um positivity for his future because we have the best of those like big who can shoot and uh defend and that's kp so i have to say down down the line i could easily see him being the point guard of the future if we if we draft a wing this draft um and him and kp running that pick and pop pick and roll that would be you know an excellent uh, that'd situation. be nice to see and man what, what you that would be nice to see. You saw he got yeah, Mitch and going so, in, the, in the pick and roll today, so that would be nice. Yeah, uh, and so you see how Fizz runs Moutier, sort of like this D'Antoni kind of style. I think, you know, next year maybe, if we don't get a free agent point guard or we don't draft a point guard, I could easily see 
you know, Trier get these inflated numbers with him running point guard for the Knicks. I could so see that. Because you, you look at it, Trier, he has, he's a smart basketball player. He's, granted, he likes to shoot the ball a little bit too much, and, and those things can be ironed out. Yeah, but you you see these things from him that you don't see from many other young players. He he's just got to iron out the facilitating. Out. He's getting there. He, I mean, today was a good was a nice yep. one. Today was a nice one, but you want to see it uh, on a consistent basis. If he can average, yeah, you know, four, five, you know, five for the second half, that would be nice to see. Oh yeah, and and so you look at it from that perspective, and you have to say. Alonzo Trier was an excellent, excellent pickup. Absolutely. And uh, also, I want to touch on one thing, which is the trade deadline. I know Ari touched on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we, we need to, like, cut all the dead wood out. We need to get rid of all the dead wood. Some way, somehow, we're going to have to find a way. Because, you know, you look at that, that, that proposed trade with Dallas, um, you know, if we could finally, like, find some way to get Dennis Smith Jr., and get well, well, it looks, it looks like Dallas and DSJ are uh, rekindling the, their, their relationship, man. It seems like they're patching things up. Sounds like Dallas couldn't find anybody for him, so they're they welcome, welcoming him back home. So I don't know. I, I, I don't see that happening. I, I, yeah, no, nah, I get what you're saying, but, you know, I think Vonley would be a nice piece for them. And so if we could use that as a sweetener, would, would you guys be willing to give up, like, a 21 21- 2022 2021 first round pick along with Vonley and Hardaway to, to get rid of to, to get Dennis Smith Jr. and and Wesley Matthews expiring would you would you do that um protected or unprotected protected Uh, I think that's, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's tempting, man. Maybe, like, this is literally, like, Nick's fan brain just going yeah. crazy right now. <laughs> because we have been burned by that exact situation 10 million no, times. No, because we wouldn't, we wouldn't protect it. Said. We wouldn't protect it, though, in the past. Yeah, protected, and we're also trading away contracts and trading away uh, and, and getting young talent in return. When in uh, the past, we traded unprotected draft picks for big contracts. So this makes a little bit more sense. So I, I wouldn't be that opposed to this scenario. I, 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 but just the idea of trading first-round picks to me, I, I think like I have post-traumatic stress. I can never like yeah. sign off. I don't know if I could sign I, off I, I with it, you. man. We've been burned so many times, man. But protected? I might, I might do it, Jake. If and if you could have tell me we could free up two max slots, no no guarantees well, what, what in free agency. Top ten protected. You doing that? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I suggested. That's what I suggested. Uh, I think I, I think um, I would. I think I would because you would you would you're, you're basically saying that in two years, if if we can't make the playoffs in two years. That something something ain't right. That, that, that's what, that's what we that's said. We something something ain't right. Either somebody's not somebody's not healthy, or we don't get any free agents over the next two years, or or these and draft picks and knocks become terrible. Let, let, listen, as Nick fans, you got to plan for the worst possible scenario. Like 
like no one thought that we wouldn't be a playoff team after we, you know, made trades for guys like Eddie Curry and stuff like this. But then these guys turn into bums. And then, like, say you play yourself just at a playoff position. You're the ninth seed in the East. And then all of a sudden you're in the lottery. You get the 13th or 14th draft pick. You know, for all the Monday morning quarterbacks out there that said they love Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell was picked 12th. Like, yeah. top 10 projected, that's going to somebody else. Say uh, we give that to Dallas, and then Dallas gets, you know, a Donovan Mitchell-esque steal with the, 12, with the 13th, 14th pick in the draft to pair along Luka. We'll look like the biggest idiots in the world in that scenario. You <laughs> no, nah, you're right, man. You're right. You're right. I, I mean – so that's a stretch. It's, it's hard to pass on it. It's hard to pass on that. I, I, I'm acknowledging that it's a stretch. It's totally a stretch. But, yeah. you know, Nick fans, you got to stretch it out because we're the most unlucky, uh, tragedy-stricken fan True. base in the world right we, now. We got to keep it conservative, man. Keep the, the cards close to the vest. The, the Sacramento Kings got it together. The Cleveland Browns got it together. The Cleveland Cavs got a championship a couple of years ago. The Knicks are, are, are number one on the list right now. We Cavs, Nah, but Cavs tank has been a formidable tank, man. Cavs, Cavs tank has been a superpower. I don't know. I feel, oh, yeah. I feel like the Kings. No, like, nah, I feel like the Kings are still like the worst franchise in American sports. And I, I don't feel as close. Because like, if you look at it, the only reason why they're winning is because they have no incentive to lose. And that's because they got scammed for Rondo. They, they, they gave <laughs> their pick to, um, to, to Boston. Celtics, yeah. And so now Boston has Sacramento's kick, mm-hmm. uh, pick. Mm-hmm. And it's completely unprotected. So you look at it. The Kings are definitely still the worst franchise in sports. In sports. And, but don't look down. You know, I wouldn't be opposed a, a to stunt. them. Facts, facts. I appreciate the oh, call, Julian. Uh, my fault, man. I had to run it. We got mad calls on the on the line. But I uh, appreciate the call, Julian, as usual. Um, yeah, what were you saying, uh, Jake? De'Aaron Fox is coming up, right? No, nah, De'Aaron Fox, he, he's a bad dude, man. Yeah. Like, he, he can ball. Like, he he, he was balls. my favorite college player that season, man, when he was coming out. He was my favorite. I, 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 I honestly liked Malik Monk better, admittedly, but no, nah, De'Aaron Fox, he's he's put it together. Yeah. Big time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, before we get but, to the rest. But, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I just wanted to go back to what the caller was saying at first, was that today was the worst uh, loss of the season. I touched on it a little bit earlier, but I want to revisit it a little bit just for like mm-hmm. a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't. You know, gambling on this game. I never gamble on the Knicks because, uh, you know, you're not supposed to gamble on your team because there's too many emotions in there. But if you, like, going into this game, the, the 12-30 matinee, coming back from Europe with the, you know, horrible team that we have, going against OKC, who's, like, low-key really good this year. Paul George mm-hmm. is having an excellent MVP year. MVP year. Yeah, an MVP, MVP type year. MVP year for Paul George. Um, and, you know, Russell Westbrook, who everybody likes to say is overrated, is about to average a triple-double for the third consecutive season, which is the most bananas thing in the world. But if I was a gambling man, I would have said that the Knicks were going to lose by no less than 15. Like, they they had no shot in this game. But, I, but again, I will say this, that we saw the lineups that we want to see. We saw the young guys. And, like, it's not about losing as much as it is about seeing – the young guys in real game scenarios against good teams and rotations that we're going to use moving forward. Yeah. And I, I was actually very, uh, I, I was put in a positive move after this game. Like I, I think you, cause I'm usually the biggest pessimist. We started the video chat a little bit before we went live. I mm-hmm. think you were, you were uh, kind of shocked. To see I, was, I was shocked. Uh, Jake. Yeah. You know, I, was, like, I was shocked, man. Some, someone's definitely shining up in Bristol, man. 
So yeah, the sun was man. definitely Bristol, shining. That's, that's Bristol, what I, listen, it's snowy and icy and cold here, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a ray of sunshine today. I was happy. Uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. You want to tell the people what you do, bro? Yeah, it's I, up to you. I, All right, no, I, I no problem, no problem, no problem. All right, let, let's yeah. get let's get to the play ratings, man, real quick. Um, you said you had liked a couple a couple of uh, uh, guys on on the team here. Um, give me give me your three your, your three guys that stood out to you today, man. Uh, n- number, I'm, I'm going to go top down. Number one by far for me, it wasn't even close. Was Frank? I mm-hmm. was I was blown away by Frank. I thought this game probably could have been his best game of the year. I I was incredibly impressed with Frank. I think that he, he did it on both sides of the ball. I, if a couple of shots rolled his way, his field goal percentage would have made up. Uh, that's the one knock that you can have on him, but he looked good. He looked confident. He was making moves. I was very impressed with Frank today. The second, uh, it, it, it's 2A and 2B, and that's what I'm going to leave it at, and it's uh, Trier and Mitchell Robinson. Trier and Mitchell Robinson had it going today. I, I would put 2A, Trier, 2B, Mitch Robinson, but those two had it going. Like I feel like they have a chemistry. I feel like they're, they're, they're kind of tight with each other, and they're starting to get a good feel for each other's games, being that they were both overlooked in the draft, drafted in the same draft, drafted by the same team. I feel like they're kind of tight with each other and I feel like they're going to come up together and they're going to keep making progressions together and I saw that today and I was kind of excited seeing that like they were working that pick and roll Mitchell Robinson hustling all over the place and Trier just looked savvy again like with his assist game he he looked like he was comfortable out there and especially going against a team like OKC which is no layup like to, to step on the floor as a rookie and like go at that team you know it shouldn't be overlooked so uh, one Frank, two A, Trier, two B, Mitch. All right, all right, all right. And that, that was your three today. Um, my three, I'm definitely gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Frank as as the third. Absolutely. Um, nine points, four twelve from the field, five dimes. I just thought you know there were stark differences when he was in the game compared to Moutier on both ends of the floor. Yeah, it was only nine points, whatever. But I thought, you know, I look at it based on his previous outings, his previous uh, outings this season. I, I thought this was the best game he played. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see if he can string it together. But I thought defensively, he, he played up to a level that we saw him play at last year. And I, I thought that was pretty decent. Um, secondly, I'll go ISO second. I'll go ISO second. 16 points. Career high in assists, eight dimes. You know, people have been knocking him for his lack of uh, passing or his lack of, uh, you know, passing awareness. So I'll, I'll go with ISO with the eight dimes on that one. First, I mean, you know, st- I guess statistically you could go Timmy here. I mean, he shot 50% from the field, 50% from three, 23 points, you know, three dimes. Um, I mean, listen, it, it was it was a bad game all, all the way around, but I think statistically you, you got to put him up there as uh, as one of your top players. Coming off of, like I said, coming off of his trend, he was trending downward um, after after a couple bad outings with the with the plantar fasciitis, but he, he seemed to play uh, a little bit better here, man. So those are my three. I'm going with Timmy, I'm going with Iso, and I'm going with Frank. You know, Timmy Ice on Frank, man. Um, no, Tim, Tim definitely played nice today, but just in turn, like in these games, I, I don't go so much by like individual performances because Timmy did have a good individual performance, but yeah. I just go by signs of encouragement for me. And uh, yeah. 
and that's kind of what I did my scale on. But no, you're you're right. Timmy had a good game. I, I was impressed with Timmy as well. Yep. Well, and he he was hustling too. He was hustling to get boards. He was following his shot. Got a couple of offensive, uh, a, a couple of off- kept kept balls alive and stuff. So no, nah, Timmy looked nice today. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. So so based on that, what are you um, what are you giving Frank one one to ten off the hip? What, what are you giving What are you giving Frank? I'm going to get knocked for this. <laughs> Don't give him a 10 or anything, bro. But, but, but in terms of what I want to see from Frank, I'm grading it on my scale, signs of encouragement. I'm literally giving it an, an 8.9 today to a 9. Like, he, wow. he gets an A- minus for me. Like, I thought he looked so good, and I think that he looked so comfortable. And it's so nice to see him in his element like that. You don't see it very often because he's a little tentative. But if he could rattle off a, a couple games like that for me, oh, man, I, I was pumped up seeing Frank today, man. I was yeah. all over it. I give him a seven. I give him a seven, man. Only because of the point totals was a little bit down. Um, you know, couple like you said, a couple shots didn't, didn't go down. But um, I give him a seven overall. I like the defensive effort. And um, I'll go seven for Frank. How you? Uh, what are you looking at with ISO? What are you giving ISO on this one? ISO, I'm going to drop it down a full grade. I'm going to go with a 7.8 on this one. Uh, you know, I, ISO, again, played great. Wasn't perfect. You, you saw the rawness in his game. But in terms of encouragement, again, I see the progression happening. And I see it happening quick. Like, he was coming off. Like, the last time he had a decent outing when I was on the show. And he was coming off of a bad stretch. And uh, and then he follows it up with a decent performance last time in, uh, in England. And then he... Uh, it comes up with another one today. So hopefully we see him rattle off a couple of games like we saw him do in the beginning of this. Yeah. I'm going to give ISO an 8. Um, like I said, the assist numbers was what I was most impressed about. We know he can score. We know he can score on anybody. We can score with the best of them. The technical foul that they gave him when he hit... Um, uh, not Ruben Patterson, his his, his Dollar Tree little brother, uh, whatever that guy's name is, Patterson. Pat- Patrick Patterson. Patrick Patterson. There you go. There you go. Uh, Ruben Patterson, the Kobe stopper. Remember him? Caught him with that elbow. <laughs> yeah. That was tough. He did. They called a technical on that. Like, come on. That, that was ridiculous. That was a crazy, like, call. I mean, it clearly ridiculous. was not on purpose. He was in the middle of the air. He got slapped in the face, and then he, like, brought up his yeah, elbow. Man. I, I, I think they, they're trying to make up for them lousy NFL calls that happened yesterday, man. But, um... I would give Iso an 8. I give him an 8. 10 for 10 from the free throw line. You know, he got his free buckets. Six boards, eight dimes. Uh, Iso had a good game. Quality of opponent. Uh, I think Iso had a, had a nice bounce back game for him. Um, how about Mitch? The return of money Mitch. Four for four today. Six boards, two blocks, eight points. What are you giving Mitch today? I'm going to drop him a little bit lower than I did ISO just because, you know, again, he's super raw. But in terms of what you like to see from him and progression, He's going to get a 7.6 for me, just a little bit below ISO. But in terms of what I look for, uh, an individual performance, he, he looked he looked nice today. I mean, he's got a lot to work on. Let's not yeah. make any mistakes about that. You know, he needs to develop a little bit of a shot. His free throws are a joke currently, but, you know, he's got time to work on that stuff. But when it comes to a raw athlete who has a very high ceiling and just an incredible uh, value for us and from where we got him from hey, I, Mitch is that like yeah. Mitch is it and, uh, and yeah nah, he, he gets 7.5 today I was impressed with him. Um, I'll give Mitch a six. I'll give Mitch a six. Um, two, six boards, two blocks today, four for four. As you said, his free throws he needs to work on. He only shot one today, but he needs to work on it overall. 
Yeah, um, it was a brick. It was like a brick. Though. The shit went yeah. off the uh, the backboard. So yeah, it was bad. It's a, it's a tough matchup for for all the bigs today. Regarding going up against Stephen Adams, uh, none of the bigs had a good game. Vonley didn't have that great of a game. Cornette didn't have yeah. that great of a game. Um, Canner, whether whether he was upset or not about his playing time, Adams always eats his food. So. Um, you know, it, 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 Stephen Adams is a handful. It, did you see Clyde call Stephen Adams Aquaman on the on the telecast, bro? Call, call him Aquaman. I actually call. When was that? Was that in like the first half? I think so. Yeah, I think I think it was the first half. See, I, I, I listened to the first half on 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 the radio call because my cable was down for a little bit. Oh, okay, okay, but, okay. Uh, but yeah, the Clyde was on fire. Today. Clyde was on fire. Man. I actually want. I, I wanted to like make mention of a bunch, but I'm like blanking out on them right now. But the second half, he was all over the place. I mean, he was he was he was he was prime, he was prime time today. Yeah, man. Um, lastly, Timmy, what's your grade for Timmy today? I know you said you you weren't too impressed with the stats. What was uh, no? I was impressed Timmy? with the stats. Uh, no, it, it, in terms of individual performance, like I, I'm gonna grade him less on encouragement because we all know how I feel about Timmy. I don't think he's like an integral part of our future. Like I don't, I, I take Timmy for what he is. But yeah. today he looked good. He looked good, and uh, he looked better than Trier for an individual performance. So I'm gonna put him in that eight range. I'll give him like a nice eight point two. Yeah, I get. I give him a seven because it's a typical. Timmy performance, um, stats-wise, you know, assist numbers weren't that great. You know, defensively wasn't that great. He did take a charge. He took one for the team, um, but but I still think ISO had a, had a better game uh, statistically, and I was happy that ISO got it got his assist numbers up. You know, I like to see that improvement in those yeah, areas. Yeah, but both both of them were nice. Yeah, yeah I like. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, that was the play rating. Shout out everybody in the chat. Those of you with us on this Monday matinee, we're going to get back to the phones. Um, shout out John Talento, Matt B., Andrew Wilson, Tack. What's going on, Tack? Tack is all the way out, and um, he's in Oakland. Sometimes he's in Hawaii. I don't know. I don't know. Tack, he's like a spy, I think. I think Tack works for the CIA. I think he's in the feds. But Tack, Tack was tight because uh, either he's a spy or like a traveling nurse or something. Yeah, like something like that. You know what I mean? Um, uh, he, Tack was tight that the game started early, man. I, I don't know what to tell you, Tack. These, these matinees work perfectly for me, man. I like it, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad. You know, I get yeah. the the rest of my night after this. Facts, it's, facts. Uh, it's a good work day. Yeah, man. Shout out to all the new people out there. Robin, what's going on? Drew Brown, uh, watching on the Nick of Time show. Shout out Drew Brown. Delano's in here. Shout out Delano Steele. Happy MLK Day to Delano. Uh, back to the phones. Marcel from Brooklyn was waiting for a while. Marcel, what's going on, man? How you feeling, bro? Uh, it is definitely a-okay. This here <laughs> is my first, first right. caller with you guys. Sounds good, man. Welcome, welcome to the show. This is my first man. call with you guys. Uh, thank you so much. Your name? Uh, this is CP. If you, are you watching the show or are you listening on the, uh, on the, on the blog talk radio? I'm, well, actually, I saw you guys on Twitter. My Twitter account is at MarcelMyrick70. Okay. All right. And, pe- and uh, unfortunately, oh. people can follow my tweets, and especially you guys. Nice. Okay. So what's, what's your facts on the yep. team today? Oh, what points on the team? Well, well, my facts on the our next try to going straight to the playoffs and the finals to, to win for our city and our wonderful communities that we lived in. 
Uh, the truth is, the losing streak, give me a break. They lost to Oklahoma City Thunder this afternoon yeah. for this matinee game for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, Carmelo Anthony, Jordan the Thunder? I don't think so, dude. He wants the Knicks. He loves the Knicks so much. Carmelo yeah. Anthony, he's so good at this. Yeah. He right. got the three pointers. He got flip. Appreciate the call, man. We're not talking mellow, man. Appreciate the call, though, Marcel. All right, next, Cody from Jersey. You want to talk about Frank the Draft and Von Lee? Marcel, appreciate the call, man. We we just had to move the program on because we're trying to wrap up and and mellow's off topic, man. We we got to be on topic. Cody, yeah, what's up? Man? We can go on forever with mellow. Facts. Co- Cody, what's up, man? <laughs> hey guys, happy MLK Day. Um. So here's the good thing about this loss, right? Mm-hmm. Although we lost, we still won um, because now we are number two on on, on Tankathon. So um, because number two Phoenix on won, the Tankathon, no, won that. Something to celebrate. Yeah, Chicago sure. won this afternoon. They beat Cleveland. Wow! So, in the battle um, of the so tanks, Chicago beat one, Cleveland. But, uh, yeah, so Cleveland is going to stay number one. I don't see us, uh, you know, beating our Cleveland, but. We are we are definitely number two now, and hopefully we can stay number two for a while until May June. Um, Keep the pace. So I mean, I, I, quick quick comment. I'm not a big. I think for, I think for Ja, I think we all have to just kind of Ja. I mean, he's ducking the ball. He's doing all kind of great things, mm-hmm. and and I think Dr. In fact, is showing if you have vision, that's like have the battle, right? If you have a vision, the shot will will, will come. But I think. For me to buy, he's like a concrete number two right now. He has to lead his team. If he leads his team to like in March, like to like Sweet Sixteen, yeah, then I think he's he's he's, he's definitely number I'm, two. I think I'm he looking buys, forward he, to he it, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him in huh? March Madness. See, see yeah, what he does Yeah, I think I think if he, if he shows a good March Madness, I'm, I'm not sure about sixteen, but if he shows really like, that he's able to play with top against top competition. I think he moves over. He's definitely clear number two um, about passing RJ. Um, going back to Frank, I, not only was he aggressive today, I love the way that he was calling out plays. I love the way that he was telling guys how to get to their position. He was vocal out there, too. The I feel I like think you could hear Frank out there calling out the plays, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you didn't see that last year, we didn't see that early in the year, but to, like the last few games, you could see him getting a lot more comfortable, like just, just being himself. I'm, I'm like, good stuff. And today, I think he showed that he can play. I think when we said that earlier, let's say we draft someone like, like Ja, like Frank can play with a Ja Morant. Like, there's no reason. Like, today, Trier had like eight assists, and you didn't feel like that interrupted Frank's flow at all. Like, he was able to kind of be like a chameleon and kind of fit into what the game was 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 asking for. So I think he's he's one of those guys where, you know, sometimes I go back and forth, does Fitz does the Fitz have like a belief in and 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 Frank? And and tonight he played like thirty minutes. Like when Frank plays yep. well, I think when 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 Fitz sees Frank playing the way Fitz wants, I think he gets minutes. He gets minutes all the time. Yo, Call it. Let me ask you a question. How, how do you think Ennis Canner played today? I think Ennis played the way Ennis. Ennis hasn't hasn't been Ennis for, for at least a month now. He, he he's got a lot going on, man. Canner got a lot going on, man. Yeah, he has like his mind. You can tell Ennis is not in the game right now. He's just his body's there, but he's not really in the game. Yeah. Like I think 
for Ennis is, is like a big wake-up call that he's not going to get his 18, 20 million next, next year. So he's all bothered by that right now. Re- he's like, reality strikes. Here. I'm not, I'm not going to get my money. I'm not going to be an all-star. I'm not going to, you know, put up, put up numbers on, on his bad team. I think he's just really messed up right now. Yeah. yeah but I, I, I wasn't really looking out for Ennis. I was looking out for Mr. mostly Frank, Mitch. You know, I mean, I, I think one thing you guys said earlier you know, I think Cornette can do so much more than, than shoot, shoot three-pointers. He, he had, like, a turnaround today. He had a couple I saw of nice that turnaround jumper like was a, nice. That might have been his only like, buckets, dude. but that turnaround jumper was impressive. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that was, like he, can, like, he can do a lot more than just shoot threes. And I'm, I'm glad he can shoot threes. Don't get me wrong. But he can do so much more than that. But, but like, like you guys said, like, the offensive schemes are so basic right now that we don't, we're not getting a full scope of what guys can do. Um, but... Hey guys, we, we, we lost, but we won. So I'm 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 not I'm not sad. Cody, what's what's the report from Westchester, man? What's up with you guy Isaiah Hicks? Are you patiently waiting for Isaiah, Isaiah Hicks, Hicks to get his start? Twenty seven points. Yeah, there you guys saw that. Twenty seven points. Twenty seven points. Okay. And I want to shout out to uh, to Mills for drafting. No, I mean for getting us Noah Vonley, giving Hicks more time because when when Noah is traded. Hicks is going to come in, and you guys going to see the work that Hicks has been put. Keep hope alive, guys. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Hey, man, it's <laughs> quite, quite apropos on this day. Happy uh, uh, MLK Day to you, Cody. And um, Jake, Cody, Cody's the president of, of the Isaiah Hicks fan club, man. If, if you, you just yeah, – I'm about Isaiah Hicks. Yeah. I, I like Isaiah Hicks. You, you, listen, I mean, he's a Westchester representative. That's where I'm originally from. I grew up about 15 minutes from the Westchester County Center. Yeah. My, uh, my my high school ball team they they won uh, the the uh, sectional finals in the uh, Westchester County Center where the uh, Westchester Knicks play, and been pretty much dominant for the uh, past five or six years. So um, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of the Westchester Knicks, and I've been going to those games ever since the creation of the Westchester Knicks. So. Uh, I, I respect the hustle, but uh, I'm also not like 1,000 yeah. percent certain that that's not Ennis Cantor talking to you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in the chat was like, "Is that Cantor talking?" Oh, I had man. To ask. I saw the chat blowing up. I'm like, "Yo, he really does sound like Ennis Cantor." Yeah, man. Now, nah, Cody, Cody's a day one man. Cody, Cody's been uh, supporting for day one. Shout out everybody who's watching now, man. Shout out everybody in the chat. Charles Lasseter, it's all good. Charles, just a miscommunication. T. Williams in here. Uh, John Talento, Matt B. Jet Life for Life. Call me Tack. Shout out everybody in here. Smash that thumbs up button for you boys. Um, if we have, we got one more call. Jamal from Jersey he wants to talk about Fizz and the game. He was at the game. Jamal, how you feeling, man? Well, Jamal, were you a part of that uh, we want Raymond Felton chant at the end of the game, or were you participating in that chant? That was, that was hilarious. <laughs> that, that's terrible, nah, man. That, Yo, was, that was way on the other side of the uh, yeah. side that I was uh, on. I was I'm, I'm sorry, man. Ray, like, Ray Fell can't come to the cookout, man. He can't come to the once Nick, always Nick cookout, man. He's not invited. You know, he, he can't go to the cookout because he'll eat everything. He'll eat all the time. like a snowball. <laughs> Ray so felt coming man, to eat, eat all the food, from the man. Game. Yeah, got it, Jamal. Go ahead. Positives from the game. I got some nice pictures and video, and I bought a nice hat. Okay. Um, which one did you get? You that, got a, um, which, which Knicks hat did you get? I was looking for the one that you you was rocking the knit hat. I couldn't find it, but I got a nice uh, oh, yeah. blue and orange newer one that I've okay. never seen before. But uh. 
I loved I loved uh, Frank what he was doing out there. I, I feel like Frank is the kind of player that can blend in with anybody. I feel like he he's a championship player, cerebral. Like he he has the he has all the tools it takes, and he's not a selfish guy. He's the kind of guy that you need moving forward, building the kind of team we want to build if we're going to bring in free agents and all that, because everybody can't make $47 million. I think fans forget that. And he's not the kind of guy like Tree or Tim Hardaway where you can't put him in with this guy. He don't mesh with that guy. He he, I, I think Frank is going to end up being an outstanding And, and that's the thing, too. It's like everybody, you know, complains about all these Me Too guys. They complain about ISO. They complain about Timmy. They complain about Moutier being selfish. Here we have a kid who is the most selfless, to a fault, the most selfless player um, on the team. I mean that you know that could translate into something positive going forward as we continue to build and to continue to build this game. Right, he, he's like our market smart. Like you need guys like that to win ball games. It's not all scorers. You need different players to do different things and bring different proponents to the game. Agreed. And Frank has it. He just needed a little bit more time and confidence. He'll be fine. Agreed. Uh, agreed, man. And far as on another note, I noticed like when the team came out to warm up. Cancer just sat down the whole time. There's something definitely going on with him. I don't know if the organization definitely set a line in stone and he kind of, it kind of hit him as a reality and he's just going to soak and stuff now. But he was just off to the side, basically doing his own thing. And, um, the garden was it was kind of sad today. I had Torres <laughs> asking me why he's not putting Porzingis in the game. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> wait, who's asking you that? Where, where have you been, brother man? Come on, so, like Torres. Oh, it was Torres. Torres. They had yeah. a crazy uh, accent. They was like, "Excuse me, why is Porzingis?" I'm like, "Oh, my man, God, my man God, came God, all God, the way God, from God, Germany God. to see Chris Stapps play. He didn't get the memo. That that, that expensive trip and oh just man." All, all, all to watch like the next B team. All the all like, the way he planned his whole trip from Belgium all the way to come see Chris Stapps and the gang. Nah, man. How, how disappointed? Like yeah. he planned his trip like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Like now nah, we don't got that. We got Luke Cornett though. How about that turnaround jumper? Mario has yeah, close enough. Yeah, but it, it was definitely. It was definitely a matinee atmosphere. The team gave them no reason early to do nothing. It was kind of like a library. I, yeah. I was highly disappointed, man. Yeah, it was whole hunt for me, man. But, I started um, setting up from the show by like halftime. I was checked out of it, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, still encouraged by the youngsters. Mitchell yeah. Robinson, once he gets some strength, weight, room, and stuff in the offseason, mm-hmm. I feel, and a better point guard, I feel like he's going to be a terror. I mean, we it's coming along. But one question I would just want to ask you guys before we leave. Mm-hmm. Why won't he sit Timmy down for young players' development since we control Timmy for longer than we do Courtney Lee? Is it he knows Timmy is not as much of a professional as Courtney Lee? Like, I'm just trying to figure that out because Tim had a good stretch today. He didn't have a good game. He started off gunning those deep threes early, and it kind of changed the, the complexity of the game. Oklahoma was just so much more athletic. It was just run out after run out. After run out and Paul George was just saucing them, saucing, and, and that set the tone for the day. 
Yeah. We t- we talked about it. Um, we did the mid-season report. If you guys didn't check it, check it out. Hit that eye icon on your top right-hand oh, side that, of the screen. That was screen. excellent. That was Appreciate excellent. it. Appreciate it, man. And, yeah, that was one of the things we talked about. You know, what what is it with the lack of account? Everybody seems to have been held accountable and, and put into that Fizdale bench rotation, except Timmy. You know, only thing that has really slowed Timmy down, Jake, is the plantar fasciitis injury. So I don't know, Jake. What do you, what do you think about this Timmy thing? You think it's political? I, I tend to think it's political when you have a guy, you know, with that contract. It's kind of Mills' his puppy, his brainchild, and I, I think politics has a lot to do with it, man. What do you think? I, you could definitely look at it and think it's political. I, I, I get the uh, w- what it is. I, I just it, it's tough to have a lot of faith in Timmy because he's shown us two separate sides of Timmy. Uh, you know, he has the the fourteen for eighteen Timmy where he scores like thirty five points and like he can really fill it up a little bit, but like he's so inconsistent and more often than not he's not putting up those stats and he's not being consistent or efficient or anything, uh, you know, even close to resembling to like an actual NBA player that should be getting the money that he does. And this is a Steve Mills move. Make no mistake. This isn't Phil Jackson. So as far as the politics of it all go, I I would, I don't understand what the politics would be other than buyer's remorse. Well, well, it's Um, just, it's just when you have a guy that makes that much money, man, these type of guys, unless, unless it's like a Popovich or one of those coaches that, that run the ship and, and take no BS. You don't see guys like that, that, you know, they get held to a different standard. You know, coaches will tell no, you that yeah, right. coaches will tell you that all the time in the NBA. You don't treat every player the same. Every player doesn't get treated the same. You know what I mean? You could talk to yeah. one player one way and, and have to, you know, tiptoe around another one because it's it's egos, it's contracts, it's money. So that that's just why I feel like that. I don't know. Could be wrong. Just nah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. It, like it, Timmy definitely gets held to a different standard. Like it, t- Timmy's relationship with the Knicks is weird. Like. He he's like the one that got away that we got back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's Mills. And, and now we're just like, what did we miss so much about this guy? Like Mills missed. He's not that good. Like yeah. just I I don't know, man. I like Yeah, no, nah, Timmy's complex with the Knicks and it's uh it, it's definitely looking like buyer's remorse. I, I don't see him as a long term he'll play out this contract on the Knicks and we we'll probably not bring him back unless he comes back for like an eighth of what we gave him for this contract. <laughs> right, hey, man, time will tell, man. Time, time will tell. Go, go ahead, Jamal, last point. Um, and, and I just wanted to say, especially with the plantar fasciitis, I um I suffered from that, and I heard y'all trying to not knowing exactly what it was last show, CP. Like, yeah. most people with flat feet suffer from it. That's why the insole hill is a big business. Like, yeah. if you have flat feet, like, I can't even be barefooted at no time. I I have to put orthotics in the shower when I take a shower. That's how bad mine is. That's crazy. And for him to be going through that and still barely missing time and we're trying to tank, they have to be telling him, get Timmy out there. Let Timmy do what he wants. Right. Give him Patrick Ewing old number. (laughs) (laughs) He can't can't disgrace that, man. That 33 is sacred, man. But I I get your point, man. I, I definitely agree with you. It just um, appreciate the call, bro. It just it just is what it is, you know. I just take it for what it is, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This I mean, like Tim Hardaway, he's getting that money. He's gonna be part a little bit of the future. 
I think that's what they planned for. Just, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have him out on the court. Like, if we want to be at our most successful, Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to be on the floor as, like, a two or, like, a wing player. Just, like, at, like say we get Kevin Durant, he draws double teams. We're going to rely on Timmy a lot. And, and I, listen, I hate bringing up the Kevin Durant thing, but I'm just saying in, like, this scenario that the Knicks are planning for because they're going through the classic Knicks mindset that we're going to land the marquee free agent. But in the most successful Knicks version of what we can be next year, Tim Hardaway is going to be on the floor, and he's going to be popping those threes. That's yeah. just a fact. I mean, like I said, I just feel like he'll be better when the team gets better. That, that's what I think. I think you'll see his talent. I think you'll see his value when the team improves. I continue to say that. I, he can't be. You can't rely on him to be the number one guy on this team. He, he's just not that guy. He, you know. No, that's a fact. And, and we are relying on him to be the number one sadly. guy, which is mainly the problem. But, like, you, you even saw it with the Hawks. His best years was with the Hawks, and that's because they had a great team system. And, you know, if you find Timmy for open looks, you saw it today. Like, if he, like – I think he's over infinity when he shoots off the dribble, but yes. when he catches the ball, like if he catches and shoots, he has such, and like you find him open, he, he has a nice, like, I mean, like we all know he has a nice jumper, but yeah. like he's, he's a knockdown three shooter. Like, you know, I, I don't even want to say poor man's Clay Thompson because that's such a stretch, but like he's he, a... he can knock down three at an incredible rate from the catch and shoot. Yeah. And if we can find him open more often, as opposed to making him a ball handler, it would serve him a lot better. You uh you you need someone that's gonna help collapse the defense. Um and, yeah, and, and you keep and everybody get, honest and, get, and keep and get Timmy open. I I see people in the chat comparing this uh, Timmy to RJ Barrett. But from what I see from RJ Barrett, I feel like RJ Barrett could mix it up on 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 different phases of, of the court. I see him shoot from the outside. I think he can post up. Uh, he he bangs a lot more than Timmy did, whether it's college or the pros. I think R.J. Barrett is, is a more complete player to Timmy. Yes, you can compare him because he's a bit uh, tunnel vision, you know, for lack of a better word for ball hog. But, you know, other than that, I think he mixes it up way better than Timmy did. I think R.J. has a well, more well-rounded game than Timmy. Offensive. RJ plays a lot. RJ plays a lot bigger than Timmy does. Right. Tim, Timmy's a perimeter saying. guy. Yeah. The, only, the only time you see Timmy take it in the paint, and he does this excellently, by the way, if you pay attention. He he's a great finisher in transition. Like if you find him on in stride going up for a layup, he's great at finishing around the basket in that sense. But in the half court game, if he has the ball, he's not dribbling to get into the paint. He's dribbling to uh, set up a three point shot, which he nearly always misses. He's horrible at shooting off the dribble. But you know, yeah, I, RJ, yeah. He, he could take in the pain. He could post up. He he plays a lot bigger and stronger than Tim does. That's for sure. Uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, let's. Uh, oh, we we're going north of the border with this call, man. We got Robin from Canada wants to talk about Timmy. He wants to talk about Timmy, man. Robin, how's it going, eh? Hey, man, it's going good. We're, we're, we're Alberta, in Canada. Canada. Alberta. <laughs> wow. That's crazy, man. What the hell? The hell did yeah, you man. become a Knicks fan and not a Toronto Raptors fan or a Vancouver? Dude, I fan? honestly, I have no idea. I used to live in Toronto, so I was a Raptors fan. And then uh, maybe 10, 9, 10 years ago, I became a Knicks fan. And ever since then, I've just been obsessed. With them. <laughs> nice, nice, man. Is, is, is basketball your number one sport or are you a hockey guy? 
Yeah, yeah. Basketball has always been my number one sport. I actually don't even watch hockey. <laughs> no, that's crazy, wow, man. Outside you. of the accent, man, you're nothing like a Canadian. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're already like the smartest. Oh, wait till you hear me say A a couple times, then you might notice. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, I got mad family up up there. No, in, uh, in the, Toronto, the accent's man. definitely thick, but, you know, the accent's kind of nice. I yeah. like it, so. is it. Is this Robin from the chat? You in the chat a lot? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's me in the chat, okay. yeah. So, salute, man. So, what's your, your takes on Timmy? Well, on Timmy, I just want to say, like, I really don't understand this guy. Some Like, when I loved him Hardaway Jr., I was kind of happy when we brought him back. But, like, some of the shots he takes, it kind of drives me crazy. Like, if you'll have, if let's say, like, we have good ball movement, we kick it to Timmy in the corner for a wide-open three, or we kick it to him on, like, anyone in the three-point for a wide-open three, he misses it. But... Yeah. When he's contested and there's like three guys in front of him, he makes it. That 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 part of him just drives me crazy. That that he's a bad shot shooter, man. We've we've seen him come and go through this revolving door yeah, of uh, Nick Rosters, man. Nothing nothing surprising yeah, at all. So that's what worries me about the fu- that's what worries me about the future because I feel like he can be a really good third or fourth guy on the team. Yes, but he has to show that he can make those open shots once we move the ball well. I agree. Not a, not a bad point. Um, but you kind of saw that in his rookie year, you know, when we had Melo here. You know, you kind of saw that yeah. in his rookie year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's capable. It's just this is it's, yeah, it's hard to really um, analyze him this year because his weaknesses are so yeah, exposed when, when he puts himself out there as, as the top guy. See, see, the thing about Tim Hardaway Jr. is that he's best served when he's, like, hidden. Exactly. People, people forget that he has game. Like it's not he's not useless on the basketball court. He's useless as a primary scoring option. Yeah, exactly. When he's not him, when you rely on him too heavily. But like, yeah, like if if you can mask him a little bit and like just have him like float around the perimeter and find open spaces, like he'll he'll ball out for you a little bit and he'll hit the shots. But the thing is, is like when you rely on him to be a primary score, primary option, him and Moody they suffer from this. They're just inefficient players. Like there's yeah. a difference between putting up stats mm-hmm. and being efficient. Efficient players win. You can put up stats and still lose. It doesn't mean that the stats were – they could be misleading. Numbers do lie despite common thought. Um, and and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Moutier, they suffer from this. When they're getting buckets or, like, getting a lot of numbers, sometimes their efficiency suffers, and then the Knicks ultimately suffer because of it. It doesn't mean that they can't hoop. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means that they're not best served in the role that they're yeah. getting. Uh, agreed on that. Good point, Shake. And the one last thing I want to bring up, uh, just to get your guys' take, I'll just leave after this, but I just want to, uh, to see what you guys thought, think about the defense because um, for the last few years, even with Fisdale being the coach this year, I see the same thing, and it's when the opposing team drives into the basket and they shoot it to a, they kick it out to a three-point shooter. It's Nothing. like we're always late to contest three, that three-point three shot. defense is horrendous once again, man. Three point defense is horrendous once again. And, yeah, and, and, and yeah, go ahead. If, yeah, and if you watch like good teams play, if you watch like any good team, like the the Bucks or especially the Raptors, you can see the second the opposing team kicks out to three, there's already a man like on his way. He's his mm-hmm. hands already there by the time they're about to shoot and, the three. I just don't get why it's so hard to teach that to these to these young guys and that kind of work, like I don't know if it's because obviously we're tanking, but even if we do get KP and we do get a a marquee free agent or something like that. The question I want to ask you guys is: Do you think that the defense will improve? Do you, like what do you think they need to do to in order to just guard the three point line? Um, Jake, you want to take that one? Yeah, sure. Um, I will say this: I, You're not the thing about the Rockets is like 
first of all, you have Kawhi, uh, not the Rockets, the Raptors. First of all, you got Kawhi Leonard, who's the best defender in the game right now. But on top of that, you have a whole bunch of people that are extremely long and extremely athletic, and they have games that best suit today's NBA. Like, this is what I keep saying about the Knicks. Like, in terms of, like, John Morant works because he's, like, 6'6 and long, lanky, athletic. Like, but we don't need to keep uh, bolstering up on guards. Right now, this is an athletic forward wing player yeah. driven league yeah, yeah like uh, like on the raptors if you look yeah. at Hawaii, if you look at um what's my guy's name that's beasting right now siakam anobi they're almost yeah, like siakam, the same style player like all yeah og and anobi iu represent like these guys are all like similar in the fact that all they similar. are long and lanky and yeah. they can travel great distances on the floor without like they, they have great size and speed which is a killer combo True. for today's nba even when the golden state warriors want to lock it down all of them are fast all of them are long and all of them get to their spots especially when they play small yeah. i mean you even look at the indiana pacers like Sabonis is is a low key decent player yeah, and good at getting out of the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo, Darren Collison, Miles Turner, like they can all do that stuff. Yeah, and the best guys. teams in the league are the best at guarding the three because they're good at closing out. And, but like not being suckered into falling for a shot fake, giving up easy baskets. Like they can mask the the defense, and mm-hmm. the Knicks just don't have too many of those guys right now. Knox is yeah. certainly one of those guys. But but nice. but you don't you don't think the coach can can help that though. That, oh, that's absolutely. that's my thing. I feel yeah, that's like, what I was thinking. Why I, can't the I would coach think I'm not a coach, but I would think that the coach is supposed to be teaching these principles to properly get your rotations and get in the right, right. spots through film and through I, repetition. Yeah, I, I think a lot of that. Like we saw the same thing with Hornacek, and we said we're seeing the same thing same with thing. Tisdale. Like same the thing. coach is not even changing the fact that they can't play defense. But but if you, if you look at these teams that we're talking about, like the best teams in the league. Like a lot of learning great defensive habits is going against great offense in practice. So like you talk about the Rockets and the Raptors and the Golden State Warriors and you wonder why they're so good on defense. It's because every player on that team in practice is going against these players that are whipping the ball around perimeter like it's a second nature thing. Like these guys are so smart that they're always one step ahead of the defense. So you practice against teams like that, then you go against the Knicks who aren't really accustomed to that it's like going against a c team defense like going against a d3 defense you know it's a different story altogether and you know a lot of that has to do with talent like you can't only blame fizdale like you know you get more draft picks on this team you get a little bit more higher iq free agent uh a a higher iq basketball players players on this team and the ball movement will increase but it definitely is a coaching thing let's not discount that because fizdale's definitely at fault i'll I'll just finish off by saying that if I was if I was on the opposing team playing the Knicks, oh my goodness, would I drop so many threes on them? My <laughs> eyes would light up every time. <laughs> Factuals, man. Appreciate the call, Robin. Good call, man. That, yeah, definitely no a good call, Thanks. man. I love the show, guys. Appreciate it, man. That was Robin from the Great CP, Up North. Me, Go ahead. CP, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Knicks MLK Day moment? Oh, man, do I have a favorite Knicks? I know, I'm catching you off guard Jeez, on this, but man. I needed to bring this one up because I, I do. When was the last time we had a good one, man? Was it the, um, was the mellow buzzer beater in Memphis, was that an MLK Day moment? Was that MLK Mello Day? Had a, Mello had a buzzer beater, I think it was against Philly. A couple on of MLK? Yeah. 
Yo, I I don't even remember. Yo, we we've lost all of these damn MLK games, man. Um, See, I, I'm going way back from mine good, because good. my brother and I we went to a game on MLK Day, and it yeah. was the game where the Knicks played the Spurs, mm-hmm. and this was like the craziest thing ever. This is uh 2001 mm-hmm. uh, MLK Day. Marcus Camby and Danny mm-hmm. Ferry from mm-hmm. Spurs mm-hmm. they get into it. And then Marcus Camby, yes. like we, we had good seats. We just see him wind up. Everybody gets up. Whoa. Yes. Like, what's going yes. on right now? Then all of a sudden, you just see Jeff Van Gundy chugging. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Know, and then Marcus Camby swings, completely whiffs on And Ferry knocks and out the coach, man. That was no, that was up there. I didn't, I didn't realize that was MLK. And what a ML, matter of fact, it was because the irony of the whole thing was, you know, the whole MLK and, and peace and whatnot. And here's Marcus Canby ready to throw a haymaker on Danny Ferry and knock his head off. And, and, and let's not forget, Van Gundy, and let's man. not forget, Danny Danny Ferry is the dude that got fired for saying some some hey, racist remarks in the front office. Hey, he did. Marcus Canby, he probably like on MLK Day. I think Danny Ferry was whispering some stuff in his he, ear. Yeah, he, yeah. You never know, man. I remember that, man. Canby lost. He lost it, and and Van Gundy once again ended up right in the middle of it. A couple days after his birthday. That that was a good one, man. I forgot that was MLK. Yeah, it's been yeah, so no, long was, since we I, had some I, good I just, ones. Man. I was so young. I was uh, I was eight years old. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I remember that so like everybody just gets up like oh like we all start <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i had that on my ig last year man i definitely had that on my ig last year all right last call of the night real quick because we're coming up on the uh on the two hour mark shout out to everybody in the chat hit that thumbs up button for your boy hit that like button um subscribe to the channels as well man all right ice you the last call of the day you want to talk about dots and things dots and should get more playing time all right ice real quick man how you feeling bro all right, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for getting me in. I try to catch your show, you know, every, every chance I get, man. You've been running a great show. Appreciate Peace it. Peace everybody in the chat, man. I love what you're doing and everything. But, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm going to ask you. Um, what do you think, like, I feel as though Dawson's pretty good. I yeah. mean, he should get more runs than what he's getting. And he got some nice defense. Yeah, I like Dotson. I like Dotson. I think he's one of our top two-way players, Jake. Um, I just feel like there's only so many guards you could, you could get in there, man. There's only so many guys that can play. I mean, Dotson can play the two or the three. But, I mean, when you factor in Knox, you factor in Moutier has to play now. Iso's getting his run. Timmy's there in his spot. Um, you know, they, they play Mario time. I mean, I think Dotson is getting... The proper playing time right now, based on how things are set up with the roster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and it also if you yeah. just look at the roster in general, I mean, competing for time with Tim Hardaway Jr., the 72 million dollar man, yeah. and then uh, also the the sweetheart of New York right now, Alonzo <laughs> Trier. Fast. So um, you have to factor that in. But that's another positive part about today's game is the fact that Dotson saw 23 minutes. I love yep. seeing Dotson play. I mean, I. I say it all the time. I'm on this show uh, every once in a while, but Dotson, Dotson's my guy. Yeah. He was on the Westchester Knicks. I ran into him. He's a super nice guy. And, uh, no, he could definitely ball. I like seeing him. I like, I like when they run those plays for Dotson, man. I like when they run those pin-down screens for him, um, free him up and get that mid-range jumper. Yeah. I, I like everything about his game, man. I, I like him as a role player for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, so let me ask you this. Yeah. So going into next year, do you think it would be a good move, no matter you know, depends on what we get in the draft? That we keep Cheer and Dawson as our backup, like two guard and point guard. 
Well, and, and appreciate the call, Ice. Well, it's listen, it's, it's uh, we got to go best player available, Jake. You, you know what I'm saying? It's the next man up league. Um, if, if uh, you know, I think Dotson and ISO will be here next year, but the next man that comes up, you know, you saw you saw ISO's impact this year. Look how he impacted all the guards. He pushed Ron Baker out. He's going to push uh, Trey Burke probably out. You know, it, it just happens. I, 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 don't, I, don't I, I don't know if uh, Dotson... Um, is his contract up after this year? They have to, um, I think they have a deadline to, um, to, to take his player option. They have a team option on him. They have a team option. See, hypothetically, I would love to bring him back, but realistically he's competing with, um, with Trier, who we currently do have under contract. Well, I think he's only under contract for this year. I'm, I'm not really sure off the top of my head on the contract situation. I'll have to look up, mm-hmm. look into that. But I think just with Tim Hardaway Jr. on the roster, it limits us. It, it handcuffs us in general. And for a guy like Dotson, if he becomes an unrestricted free agent, he may see money elsewhere. I mean, like, you know, we, we, we gave Ron stupid ass. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I got, yeah. I'm getting angry. We oh, gave yeah. Ron three years, nine million. I would love to see like Dotson's much more well-deserving of that, but he's got to factor in like he may want to go somewhere else where he could see more playing time and prove himself and get maybe a little bit more money. Like I feel like a team would, would pay Dotson a little bit. He's proven that he can play pretty significantly on an, on an NBA level. I, I agree, man. And, and Jake, with that, man, let's hit that wrap up. We have the two hour mark. Um, so go ahead and sign off and, and promote your channels, bro. Uh, just, I said it before. Get early action in on the Lennox podcast on YouTube. It's coming to you soon. We're getting it all sorted out, the technical difficulties. You can subscribe now on YouTube, the Lennox, T-H-E space L-E-K-N-I-C-K-S. Our podcast you can find on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you where you get your podcasts at, the Lennox. And then also on Twitter and Instagram is at the underscore Lennox. That's T-H-E underscore L-E-K-N-I-C-K-S. Uh, thank you all to uh, who have been subscribing and all that. And thanks to you, CP. Um, I, I love doing these. these My guys. man, appreciate so it, man. We, and like I said, we're going to have Jake on more often. Jake, appreciate it. Thanks to everybody for tuning in tonight, man. It was a tough loss once again. Knicks lose 127 to 109. Um, but hey, listen, you know, one more for the tank. As Cody Emanuel said, we're in second place on the tankathon, and uh, that's what it is right now. Next game is Wednesday. Wednesday against the Rockets. Oh, let's hope Harden don't drop sixty on us, man. But um, I, I think Harden may uh, may may break Will Chamberlain's record. I, I hope not, man. I hope not. But uh, follow me, Knicks fan TV, Facebook. Oh, break, breaking Instagram. news, real quick. What up, Carmelo Anthony going to the Bulls? To the Bulls. Yep. What? You heard it here first. Woj said it. To the Bulls. Considerations. But it's Whoa. about time. Now Bulls fans can see what they've been missing out on. <laughs> Crazy, man. So mellow to the Bulls. Y'all heard it here first. Replay of the live stream will start at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Running through tonight, as y'all know it. Um, podcast form, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. The merchandising store is up. Click the link in the video description. Knicks Fan TV merch. Get that Money Mitch shirt. It's hot off the presses. We got the logo shirt. More hot designs are coming this year, man. So, um, hey, man, once again, appreciate the support. Yao Song, Lenny Q is appreciated. John Doe. They call me Tack. Appreciate it. Um, Who else, man? Who else in there? 
Ace Bez, appreciate you. Robert, appreciate it. T. Williams, uh, Knicks Fan TV Day, appreciate it. Daniel Bossejour, appreciate it. Sound like a French name. It's me, Darrell Walsh, checking in from Ireland, and one, one of our past statement games winners. Darrell Walsh, appreciate you, man. Mellow to the Bulls, really? Maybe, maybe. I, I mean, they have to just be getting rid of him from the sign elsewhere because he's he's still he's still I mean, like uh, me, with the Rockets. I feel like mellow can be mellow on the on the on the Bulls because like they don't really care and they don't really have like go to scores like that and like yeah. I, I mean like for whatever mellow is I don't think he's taking the Bulls to the playoffs and you know mellow could be I just want to see mellow be happy man Mello's me too guy. man he deserves it man he de- he deserves it man so um, on that note thanks again everybody point five appreciate you G appreciate it um, hit that subscribe button hit that thumbs up button. And we'll see you guys uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, Knicks Rockets, man. So you guys take it easy, man.